through the hourglass. Today is the longest day of my life. Welcome back to the longest days of our lives, a 24 fan cast. It is day three, hour seven. And I am one of your, your hosts, Jack Bauer, superfan Mike Cushing. And I'm another one of your hosts, 24 newbie, Curtis Perry. And some people say cucumber stays better pickled. And I'm Michael Howard. What? Huh? Huh? Oh. Um, <laughs> I, I made the confused <laughs> noise on the hour because the entire time when I was leading up to this episode, I was like, okay, we're on hour six. And then I was like, oh. Watching the episode today, an hour ago, I was like, oh, no, it's episode seven. Yeah, yeah. But I, in my notes that I titled a minute ago, I wrote day three, hour six. And I looked at it as I was, I was like, oh, I fucked up. Well, you can but be forgiven. It. it has been un yeah, minute. Since, it's been, a, I think, this. a calendar year since our last <laughs> episode. It's been a taste. Uh, yeah. Summer times gets away from us sometimes, fan. Sorry about that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Here's the thing. That's I was going to. So summertime gets away from you. Have either of you done anything? Because I haven't. <laughs> For the summer? Just, yeah, just in general. Oh, yeah. What? I haven't had a weekend to myself in in three and a half years. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I, I packed the entire family up and drove to Brooklyn, so that was cool. You did what? Yeah, we drove to Brooklyn. You drove to Brooklyn? <laughs> this is sure how did, long it's been since I've talked to you that I didn't even know you drove to Bur- Brooklyn. Yeah. We live yeah. in the same city. Sure do. We work like I, five minutes from each other. Yep, that is true. And okay. I went ahead and packed up the old SUVZ mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. drove to Brooklyn, New York, y'all. Um, fun fact, not an interesting drive <laughs> at all. <laughs> just just not. That's what I learned. Didn't do it for you? And also, I did the dumb man thing where I'm like, I'm going to drive the whole time by myself. Mm. And we began this drive at 7 p.m. I mean, I drove all through the night. And thankfully, through the, through the use of five-hour energies, I did not put my family's life in danger. But it is not awesome. To be at three in the morning, dodging deer in the middle of misty fields in Pennsylvania. It sucks. I hate it, and I'll never do it again. I have two thoughts on that. One, mm-hmm. um, my brother has somehow convinced his wife that he gets quote anxious while driving on the highway, especially over anything that includes a bridge. So she just does all the highway driving, and he reads his Kindle. What? I don't know how he swung how? it, but the man has done the ultimate con <laughs> job, and I'm so proud of him. I love him to death. He's the most brilliant <laughs> man alive. Um, but I have noticed, I you know, you boys know I've been to your fair city of Chicago many, many times. I love flying in there. I drove there once. Mm-mm. And I will never do that again. I am convinced that going that. to and from Chicago via land is the most boring way to get to any place on the planet Earth. Okay. It's good yeah. when you get Kentucky right yeah, up Georgia. Get a little mountain game. Yeah, you get to, y'all. You get to you do get, the you get to do the uh, the old Tennessee and and uh yeah. Chattanooga part, area. Oh, that part but was what? fine. I did go to I was, so before I went to Chicago, I drove to Louisville for a wedding. Oh. And then and you got, got five hours of nothing. Yeah. yeah, a lot of Indiana and co- flat cornland. Yeah. A lot of South Indiana Bend. Indiana is... I, I would not be surprised if a lot of the people who are in the Flat Earth Society are from um, our great <laughs> land of the plains here. Because I swear to God, we were driving... When I first moved here, we drove from Florida up. And yeah, not a bad drive until you get to Indiana. I'm like, oh, I can see Chicago from here. It's just a long way from here. So nothing but corn and flat. It's the worst. And it, guns hiding in the corn so we can bring them to Chicago. Yeah, and I've driven across Texas before with tumbleweeds and 894 miles of mm-hmm. and that was better yeah. than driving through the yeah the, essentially the gun shipping lanes to Chicago uh, through Indiana <laughs> you want to know the, the best the only good thing about that drive when I made it which at this point I think was like it was yeah it was the summer of 20 I guess 17 it's right after the election and uh, I was driving through 
bumfuck Indiana and my dad just calls me out of the blue and he talks to me for an hour and basically just my very conservative father basically just reiterates Bernie Sanders like whole platform he's like man we gotta get prison reform going we gotta pay the student <laughs> debt down these kids are trapped in debt oh boy howdy and I was like what the <laughs> just an hour of my dad parroting just the most democratic socialist talking points it was like cool man that makes sense meanwhile my father, who was born without civil rights, is all like, I just want a moderate. And you're like, oh, buddy, he's holding on. He's holding on real hard to your boy, JBZ. Mm. But I think it's I think it's starting to sink in. <laughs> yeah, that one's I, I feel like that one's just uh, easy breezy, beautiful cover girl, like inch away from. Uh, yeah, we'll see. But do you guys remember anything about the hit show 24? I do um, remember a few things. Jack Bauer is mm-hmm. Jack the Bauer. Character. He's a character. He's on the great. Show. He's he's good at his job. No, well, he's not. Sorry, no, he's bad at his job, but he's good at the things that he thinks his jobs are. He's bad at making other people not do their jobs, specifically <laughs> terrorists who are trying just their hardest to earn a buck in this world, and he stops them from doing that, which yep. is good. But he's bad he's at tried. his job. He's bad at his job. He's bad mm-hmm. at impeding other people from doing their illegal jobs. Yes. Or right. sometimes legal jobs. I don't know. For some reason, the Cuban dude from Major League is president. That's the thing, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? Still yep. can't hit a curveball though. No, can't, can't, not without Jobu. Just can't, can't do it. And I mean, just, honestly, his instincts are just not good. And that's that no. was the big thing. He just he has terrible instincts. He wants to trust people. He's like, oh, they're gonna throw it straight this time. Up oh, curveball, fuck. Every time, mm-hmm. just, can't just do the it. Curve is no good. So, generally in this season, I don't know. Someone discovered a body that may or may not had a bio hazard bio virus that's a thing it's a virus in it the body definitely had it the body definitely did and people keep acting like it didn't right (laughs) because that keeps coming up so uh, eventually there's a a young man named kyle singer that is currently in ctu custody after being kidnapped by the terrorists the salazar family um because everyone thought he had the cordilla virus in his Mm -hmm. blood system and dormant Mm -hmm. um turns out he doesn't so everyone's just like yeah we got him no virus in him it's probably fine yeah, I need anybody who listens to this from the CDC or World Organization. If someone dumps a body near me or near the city of Chicago or anywhere in America with Ebola in it, and then you find the white dude who you think might have Ebola and he doesn't, that doesn't mean we're not still scared of the Ebola. Yeah, <laughs> like that's still that that body is still there. Oh. So what the deal? We got that shit cured now, homie. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, totes. We cured it. So 2019, baby. Things looking up. <laughs> Well, I'll be works. dead in five years, but not from Ebola. <laughs> <laughs> um, so at the end of the last episode, uh, Jack Bauer, who did not know that Kyle Singer had been uh, captured and recovered, did he? he did not, not know. Well, Are you sure? I mean, he definitely did not hear that those words spoken, which honestly, I don't know if it would have, as we'll get to in this episode, I don't know if it would have made a difference if Jack had been like, Roger that, Kyle Singer's cool. <laughs> Mm, gotta, but. I gotta break this bro out of prison real quick, <laughs> just real quick. And and I I do want to get into, I I have so many questions hey. about like the end of this episode reveals so many things hey, that I need hey, to know about. Hey boys, yeah. boys, I like I like a little bit of unspilled beans. Okay? No, Let's no, keep, we're not keeping the beans. We're just setting up that beans are about to fall on the floor. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> beans are gonna it, they're gonna happen whether you like it or not. So anyway, Jack abducts or breaks uh, Ramon Salazar, the uh, kind of terrorist drug kingpin at, at a prison. Uh, he flies off, disconnects his uh, 
his where transponder. Does he rank, where does he rank on the villain scale? I, in terms of like what he's doing at the moment, he's number three of three. But in terms of the performance and how much fun he's having, he is probably right beneath our our homie from the first season. Yeah, yeah he's, he's approaching my dude. Yeah, yeah. He, he's approaching him, but I still I don't know if he'll ever. I don't know if he never get there. Ira Gaines was just having so much fun in the first half of season one. And, and like the guy who's playing Ramon gives, he's giving such a great performance. And like, you can tell he's just fucking with Jack nonstop, <laughs> but he's also like very menacing. He's, he's easily number two. I think, I, I hope he's not a first half of the season villain like Ira Gaines was. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the problem every villain's going to have with Ira Gaines is literally like, if I was a part of the people who were going after Gaines or I met him, I'd be like, Hey, do you have like an application? Join us because you know, you're a pretty dope dude. I want to be part of this situation. Whatever you're doing, I'm in there. And I just nobody else has reached that level yet. I Ramon think, is he's got some layers to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah I don't want to work for Ramon for sure. I would no, have much no. rather work for Ira Gaines. Well, I think the thing the, the I think the thing I liked so much about Ira Gaines, and maybe it was only possible in, in season one, specifically the first half of season one <laughs> of this show, was that everyone, all the other villains now know who Jack Bauer is. And he has a reputation. Ira Gaines, and so like they they treat him with respect. That's true. Ira Gaines was just fed up with his bullshit and like <laughs> exasperated with it. He's like, I'm just a guy with a job to do, and you're just some shum, some schmuck I have to deal with. Just shut up, Jack, and let me kill your daughter. Just, That's it. Just let me take care of your family, and we'll be done with this. Everyone else is like, uh, Jack, you're a, you're a really smart guy, and you're a great agent, but I gotta kill you. It's like, fuck off, I don't care. <laughs> Um, also, there's some bullshit with the president's girlfriend, Ann Packard, who uh, apparently uh, David's uh, uh, opponent in the presidential run, Senator John Keeler, uh, has uncovered some allegations from her ex-husband, Ted Packard, that she fabricated the results of a clinical drug Ooh, trial. That comes boy. up. Who gives a fuck? Um, Tony Almeida was shot in the neck, and in his absence, uh, Ryan Chappelle has just arrived on the scene at the district office to take control of CTU. And, um, yeah, that's pretty much where we... Uh, oh, wait, no, hold on. One more thing. At the end of last episode, uh, Kim Bauer was sent into review some video feeds of her father being taken and uh or no she was sending to like clean up some files discovered a video feed that gael a uh mole in ctu had been watching uh because he'd been monitoring jack and the salazars the entire time and she realized that gael had been working for the salazars and just as she turns around to uh run out and reveal that news gael walks in and says with a gun pulled on her i just remembered i forgot to close that file (laughs) <laughs> and then uh, we open up at 7pm and uh, we see Gael with the gun on Kim he's like sorry Kim you shouldn't have walked into this and like he's like pulling her towards a chair and he sounds like he actually means it like he's like he actually seems very remorseful and then he's like but you gotta shut the fuck up while I ask you some questions this room is soundproof so yelling will make me mad at you and you don't want to make me mad at you <laughs> we're gonna be alright here yeah, I don't want to have Gael Hulk out on you you know yeah I was trying to figure out what Gael's end game is though because like clearly they're going to realize kim is missing because they've just been constantly asking for people all the time you know what and, fam, though? like but with kim being kim i'm really shocked at how much they really care about where kim's at i think it was I just mean, zachary quinto cared i think he has a thing for kim but the thing is like no joke so it, it, in 10 minutes zachary quinto adam kaufman his character is just like it's like where's kim she was sent to do this one thing i need her to do it like and like <laughs> 
literally an hour ago, he was like, fuck her. She's incompetent. She's the worst person. She's only hired here because of her dad. Doesn't deserve to be here. But now she's like integral part of the team. I care about her. Need her. Worth the fuck. Something's gone wrong. Do you do you think, though, that it seemed like he started to become a little suspicious of Gael? I think a little bit. I think he was more exasperate because I think he just I think he's neurotic that he mm, like true. work wasn't getting done and he just like got fed up. And I'm going to get to this later. But I love that what happens is just bureaucracy and like the chain of command just got so heavy and that's like we'll, we'll get to it uh, so um uh kim nods and it, gail takes his hand off of her mouth and starts duct taping her and uh he restarts his shutdown sequence and then goes to delete the video file of him and kim in the in tech one and as he hits delete a Sam. system prompt comes up and says Sam. 12 minutes remaining Quill? Twelve minutes to delete some files, my dude. Now they're very what? big, very big, huge files. Yeah, so much and, HD. And so Kim starts to talk some shit. So Guile just tapes her mouth shut, and um, we see uh, we cut outside of the CTU hall, and we see Michelle Dessler, uh, wife to Tony Almeida, current acting head of CTU. She walks over to Adam Kaufman's desk and tell him tells him that Tony is out of surgery, and I'm gonna head over to the hospital in a few minutes. And Adam asks. Who's going to be in charge? And Michelle says, Gael will. Don't worry. Mm -hmm. It's fine. Which is kind of the beginning of the end. Um, And she asks if they have a location on Jack, and they don't. Uh, But Adam says, don't worry. Police and FBI are all over it. Um, But I think we're going about this in the wrong way. Jack took Salazar because he thought that the bio threat couldn't be contained without Kyle Singer. But now that we have Kyle Singer, why don't we just blast that all over the news and say the kid that we thought had a <laughs> a biohazard in his blood is in custody and also if he doesn't <laughs> don't worry we got him and uh, Michelle doesn't mock him incessantly saying that like you know the virus is still out there but it's not an option President Palmer doesn't want to let anyone know that uh, doesn't want the public to find out about the bio threat so we need to find him by ourselves and uh, the phone rings Michelle picks it up and it's Gael calling from Tech One and she wants to know why he's not in the teleconference room for a briefing. And uh, Guy makes up some bullshit about Kim finding some files that he needed to see. And Michelle's like, let Kim handle it. Get your ass over here. Um, I need I need to brief you so that I can head over to see Tony. Um, and, and that's what Guy right. wanted before he wanted to be put in charge. Yes, exactly. Which finally getting his wish. Again, I don't really in the grand scheme of things, I don't understand why. I guess I do, but we'll get there. Um, <laughs> yeah. So he shows Kim on his PDA, which is a funny for, funny thing to say, <laughs> that uh, he has a video feed of her in Tech One, and then he just turns her chair to face the wall. <laughs> She's in timeout. <laughs> and again, it is a, a rolly chair. chair. <laughs> so, like, whatever. Yeah, I, I wanted to know, like, okay, so if you're going to go into a briefing, Kim works for CTU. She knows how long briefings can go. What are you going to do, my guy, if I start moving around? <laughs> Just be like, oh, got to go piss. See you guys later. <laughs> like, why are you going to tech one guy? Huh? You said you're going to piss. I, uh, That's where I pee. I have a That's bucket. That's where I piss. I've been in there by myself literally all day now. Um, yeah, because as we see later, tech one is not a far fucking jaunt from where everybody's at right now. It's right around the corner. So right around the corner. I'll, anyway. Yeah. Also, what is she going to do? Roll up out that bit? <laughs> <laughs> Well, he does lock the door behind him. Yeah, and then, okay, how is, how, how is not even the director or acting director of CTU just able to unilaterally change an access code to a tech room that has all their servers in it? Yeah, so we get a tiny clock at 7.05, please take a drink. On his way out the door, he closes it and then plugs his PDA into a port in the bottom of the lock and reprograms it? So secure. This is most secure. 
Also, guys, let's not forget, this is the same room that Terry Bauer was murdered in. Murdered two, in. Five years ago. So I'm guessing this room would have a different level of security than my boy's PDA. I just, I just don't see Different it. level of security or, and, probably walk- and, and, pl- pl- <laughs> and plus, Kim would not be very calm just being oh. duct taped in this room. <laughs> like, and she has no visible, and honestly, she doesn't move for the next Six minutes, I think, is when she finally makes a move. Um, but like, if you're Kim, I, I guess the door is soundproof. But Michael, but why? I've seen, I've, I don't know why, because it's a, <laughs> it's a server room. I don't know why it's soundproof. But um, you can't lock somebody from getting out from the outside. From the inside, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's like, kinda, it's a prison. She didn't and, even try though. She's just like, well, I guess I'm in timeout. Stare at the wall. And it's it wasn't it was like a latch handle. Yeah. It wasn't even like a doorknob. Yeah. <laughs> but okay. So we see Michelle Dessler saying that the door is soundproof. That doesn't mean that if you start kicking the shit out of it, that somebody directly outside the room is not going to hear that. Right. Man, tons of the one plot hole. We found it. (laughs) Um, So we see Michelle Dessler in a conference room setting up a transition for a guy out. And then Ryan Chappelle walks in and he says, um, good news, everyone. There's no longer a threat of an outbreak uh, of the Cordilla virus for Los Angeles. Kyle Singer was not carrying the Cordilla virus, but the Salazars do have possession of the virus. So I guess they're still a threat. My man, my dude, my guy. They just dropped a body off with this bitch. What the hell are you talking about? Once again, (laughs) the only reason that they think that Kyle Singer had the virus or at any point was based on like circumstantial evidence no one in the salazar has ever admitted that it was that they, it was kyle singer that he was the one who was carrying the virus there literally still could be somebody else out there who's carrying the virus Michael, thing is though my- this all again at the end of the episode we got to get it back we're, we got to circle back to like nine different points <laughs> that all makes sense <laughs> like at the at the end of this episode it's like yeah okay i guess kyle singer wouldn't have ever had the virus but okay <laughs> but, we're gonna but, get there but but Kyle Singer was kidnapped by Mexican terrorists. He's At a the, white dude. Obviously, something's going down. We got to follow up all the potential leads. Got to do it. So yeah, that that's the perfect. It's the perfect decoy. Sorry, I'm just trying to. I'm trying to piece together the other six episodes now. Based on what's happening <laughs> at the end of this one, but we'll let's, get there. Okay, let's hold on to it. Yeah. I feel like let's just make some bullet points as we let's go. Party. We'll just revisit. We're just gonna run through <laughs> all this shit. What do you not understand about the the giant Mexican drug cartel had <laughs> one drug mule come over today <laughs> in L.A. One dude, one, 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 guy. one guy, one burnout Karen. honky. We gotta get him. Gotta get him out there. Yep, carrying um, all the drug. So available. Ryan Chappelle says, finding Ramon Salazar is still our top priority. And then Gael walks in late and Chappelle says, hey, Gael, if you're taking over from Michelle, you need to be on time for shit. Okay, bud? <laughs> he says, thanks for up. coming. Thanks for coming. Thanks for coming, Gael. Mm-hmm. He has a couple lines in this. Like, and I know it's been a minute since we talked about Chappelle, but man, it just like. He's such a bureaucratic weasel, mm-hmm. and it's so... Oh, man. Um, he so reminds he me of several bosses I've had before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, I think whoever was a, uh, the actor that gave him the script, and it just had a picture of a, of a canoe full of douches. <laughs> like, here you are, bud. This is you the whole time. I got it. Just I'm, a, I'm a in there. What's my motivation? Back. Well, <laughs> traveling down this river with all the other douches in this canoe. That's you, bud. That's you. Yeah. You're yeah. that canoe. Get on it. Get get he, on it and he, in he, it. He, he, he messaged the fuck out of this thing. It's it. He's in there. 
I mean, I will say, I, I don't think I've ever seen a character so fully dedicated to just, like, across multiple episodes and seasons, like, just being like, he gets this character inside and out, just like, yeah, I'm a bureaucratic asshole, and yeah, that's this is, it. This is a Littlefinger level of just assholery, right? Just, oh, you're the worst. I but, see it. Well, and it's but also even, like, he's but like so... Littlefinger was smart. <laughs> yeah, well, well he's yeah. also just so... <laughs> consistent like all the other characters every once in a while they do something and you're like okay would they really do that doesn't make any sense like every time Chappelle does something you're like yeah I would exactly say there are what he would do there are two characters on this show and one of them shows up again later and does the most perfect thing for this character there oh are my two girl, characters that my never change it's Ryan Chappelle and your glow Chloe O'Brien oh my god so mm-hmm. cl- yeah oh I, my god oh fuck her dude I fuck. started watching okay. Mr. Mr. Show with uh, Bob Odenkirk and David Cross completely forgot that uh, Marilyn Ricecob is like a big part of that show. Don't yeah. don't mention her name because that's not the person this is. This is this is <laughs> no yeah. Marilyn Ricecob is awesome. Chloe O'Brien yeah. sucks. Just the worst. <laughs> Chloe O'Brien's amazing. What are you talking about? I would I would marry Marilyn. I would murder Chloe O'Brien. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean it's also married, kind of depressing. I saw her IMD page by accident. I'd be like, oh, I got to kill you now. Sorry, I forgot about that. My bad. Whoopsie. Yeah. Um, I mean, even like we just talked about like Adam Kaufman, like Zachary Keto's character has waffled on everything, all of his interactions with Kim within the space of two hours. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. It, it, everyone changes when they need to. I mean, even Jack changes for whatever purpose the writers need him to do. Ryan Chappelle, you, Chloe O'Brien, the only two con- they're North Stars. G Mace mm-hmm. is a hero. He's a national fucking hero. Yeah. But, Ch- but Chappelle. You want a coup? Cool. Go with a coup. No <laughs> coup? All right, no coup. That's no fine. coup. We're, we're going with, hey, everyone, we're going with no coup. Stand <laughs> down. <laughs> it's been changed. Job. No coup. Oh, how we get a better job? What? Jack? Jack an asshole? Fuck Jack. Gotta save Jack? Save Jack. Cool. Kill love Jack. that guy. Save I've Jack. always liked him. He's <laughs> always my man. I love that dude. <laughs> what about uh, this guy? No, he's good. We're cool. All right, fine. Whatever. Where's my job? Get a better job? Cool. That's me. So, Chappelle asked Adam. Increase. Sweet. <laughs> Love it. Thank you. I'd love to pay more to rent. Thank you. Um, so Chappelle asks Adam where they are on finding Jack and Ramon. And Adam says, well, we lost them once they left the helicopter. For all we know, they're still in L.A. And Chappelle says, well, they won't be for long. I'm pretty sure they're heading for the Mexican border. And Michelle says, don't worry. We've contacted the Mexican government as, in addition to all their Central American allies, asking them to monitor, monitor their air corridors. Just like, okay, so like the border? Them. There's not a corridor. It's just literally... No, no, no. How, how hard? How <laughs> hard is commercial- it to track a private plane traveling from LA into Mexico? There cannot I mean, be that many happening. But if they're transponders, I don't know. A lot? This is before weed was legal in, in California. Also, so. Michael, I, I'd have to note later in the episode, uh, Chase Edmonds looks up Las Nevis because they, they track down the city, and I'm pretty sure he looks it up in Encarta. <laughs> So this is 2003. Like I, I don't think it might have been a lot harder in 2003. I think it's pretty difficult right now to track a plane that doesn't want to be tracked in 2003. They might have some issues. So um, I also love that later, later on when they're trying to track the cell phone and they're like, "No, we didn't get it." Not like, "Oh, we only got like, oh, down to a region or an area." No, we didn't get it at all. We could, I couldn't even tell you what country's in. I mean, but again, though, two years ago in the, well, I guess, no, three and a half years ago in the canon of this show, it took them 30 minutes to trace a call. At least this one, there was like 
15 seconds or like hey we tried (laughs) (laughs) but you think they would at least be able to get like a oh hey he's within this 100 mile radius he's he's south of us (laughs) he's somewhere south of us by the way y'all i'm I'm gonna give it up to our current folks in espionage in this country because y'all are good because they can track you down where you sent a text message from like pinging towers immediately Mm -hmm. so fuck these bitches in the from like this from the 50s to the 90s that was easy sauce shit's hard now Like, where's he at? He's right there. Takes it takes work to be a criminal, I hear. Um we were just so, born in the wrong time. We could have been criminal masterminds, man. Well, again, I mean, this is a Mulaney joke, but like it, it you know, 70 years ago it didn't take much work to be a criminal mastermind. Like sh- shoot your name into a wall with a machine gun. I'm like God can't find him. I don't know who did it. I think he's gonna rob that train. Oh shit, he robbed the train. <laughs> Well, damn! How are we? How are we supposed to know? Well, you literally there he goes. told me he's, he was going to do the, it. Oh, he's on the no other side of the it. train tracks now. I can't get him. Fuck. <laughs> um, the train is literally on a track. You know where it's going to be at any given moment. Still couldn't figure it. it out. Nah, though. No, couldn't find I him. I mean, didn't believe him. And then he did it. <laughs> That's the next Fast and Furious. You're gonna rob a train. Ain't seen on the, it, ain't seen yeah, you're gonna rob a train on the moon. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, oh, they're, so they're, they're, they're gonna rob the train space in Fast Five. My bad, they did it. They did that once. Sorry. <laughs> okay, so Chappelle asks, "Hey, where the fuck is Chase?" And Michelle says, "I think he's returning. To, I assume he's returning to CTU." And Chappelle's like, "Don't assume anything." And we get a tiny clock at seven oh six. Please take a drink, and we see the sun setting behind Ramon Salazar's private jet, and we cut inside to see some nice ladies drinking champagne, and one of Ramon's men offer, offers him a drink, but he refuses, and um, Henchman opens a cargo door in the back, and Ramon sees Jack lying unconscious, and he looks deeply pensive for, like, a while, and then kind of rises out of his seat, grabs a bottle of champagne, and walks back to the part where they're holding Jack, and pours the champagne on him to wake him up, and just goes, Hello, Jack! The party's going well, I wanted you to know. There's something else I want you to know. For some reason, my brother Hector wants you alive. Maybe he wants to watch you die, or to kill him yourself, or to kill you himself. But I'm just not sure I can wait that long. And he pulls a gun. And then, like, a really happy-looking, older, like, Mexican dude named Tomas, like, comes over and, like, pats him on the shoulder. He's like, ah, don't worry about it. Go back to the party. Maybe not, let's just fire, maybe not, not fire guns in the plane. In the plane. Real quick, that'd be great. And this is not the first time he has to, or the last time he has to stop removing. No, it's incredible to me. So when I first saw the plane with like the stereotypical Mexican music playing, <laughs> and two ladies in waiting, like just on the plane, like I'm like, oh, this 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 is a stereotype. You're like, no, 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 no. Ramona's child, yeah, fan, mm-hmm. and they 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 found things they think can pacify him, booze and, and women. Booze. Maybe we'll keep his murdery at bay, <laughs> perhaps. Well, and that it's comes up later. Of. But that comes up later too. It's like. Booze doesn't. Con- they know booze does not control his murder. It does the opposite. It does the yeah. It does the exact opposite. Um, yeah. It's, it's it's so weird. Like throughout this episode, like, and we'll voice over it. But like, Ramon just kind of like gets this like glassy eyed stare at the door. Like when like the women are just dancing up on him once he gets distracted because they go back to the main cabin. Jack collapses again. Um, and we get a tiny clock at seven oh eight. Please take a drink. Um. But like, so Ramon just like he nothing can distract him. He just wants to kill Jack for realistically no reason. And like, all he knows is that Hector wants him alive. But Hector's his little brother, and fuck him. Correct. I also don't believe that 
Ramon would want to kill Jack that way. No. There's no way that he just wants to put a bullet in his head. Right? He kind of even says it later. Like, like, I mean, like, he wants to make Jack hurt. Right. And he knows Jack is hurting right now going through withdrawal. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. But I, I mean, and that's uh, that comes up too. So we get the tiny clock, um, and then we cut to Chase, who gets a call from Ryan Chappelle, who asks, "Hey, Chase, what you doing? <laughs> Want to come back to work? Maybe." Come and she says, "She says, I got a thread. <laughs> Me and Jack back pocketed some of Salazar's contacts that aren't on the books. What does that which- even mean? You have contacts for a guy that your partner just kidnapped, and you didn't think to give it to anyone until now? Nah." I'm, I'm pretty sure it means federal agents like kept <laughs> evidence, evidence. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. of the books. This is guys who trained this man's. Mm. I mean, yeah, that's fair. I mean, he he's I learned it from watching you, Dad. <laughs> you never know when you're going to need access to the totally legitimate accountant with a but private jet. Again, though. The end of this episode calls literally every decision, uh, like leading up to this, into question. Like, correct? Why does Chase have these numbers? But if I, I, it will only. I also, Chappelle, and this is awesome, and this is once again time when Chappelle is being Chappelle. This is the stupid. He has the stupidest reasons for wanting Chase back. It's like, <laughs> hey, we're dealing with this thing. Hey, Chase, yeah, I just found out that Jack is on heroin though, and you yeah. must have known, and you might have known. So we're gonna need um, debrief. I'm gonna need you to come back here and tell me about Bowers Wild Ride with Little Sebastian. Just <laughs> give me some information. It's like, dude, we have. Why do you care about his drug addiction right now? We should be worrying about where he's at. Like you just worry about like how do I take Jack out of peg? How do I advance myself by um making Jack look bad? That's this whole motive. What what's the point? Yeah, I don't. I mean, like clearly. I, I can't say clearly Jack has been doing his job because he just broke a terrorist out of prison. <laughs> but, like, I don't... So he says, like, you're his partner, so clearly you knew about it and have been covering it up. I don't okay. really know the dichotomy of, like, the police or, like, law enforcement partner, like, dynamic. But, like, I don't know shit about my coworkers. Like, really? <laughs> like, some of them I'm friendly with, but, like, I wouldn't... Re- like, if they were dedicated to hiding a habit from me, I wouldn't know shit. Especially a guy who was trained as special ops. Like, come on. Right. I mean, I hide the fact that I do a podcast from literally everyone who works at my company. <laughs> but, like, imagine if one of your coworkers, the people that worked for you, if you found out that they had done something stupid and ended up kidnapped by a drug dealer, what does them being an addict have to do with the fact that you still want to know where they are? They're not gonna, they're not gonna escape and go get horseship it's like no we still need to know where they're at though if anything but but they're on heroin cool story the drug dealers have them though so we need to find them if anything (laughs) you want to know what Chappelle should be mad at chase for fucking a junior (laughs) ctu agent who is the daughter of his partner really more important actually and boss like hey bro massive power dynamic (laughs) conflicts here both ways really yeah, like yeah, yeah I mean, a couple different ones. Jack had been willing to go to some pretty far lengths to protect his family, but you're man. banging his daughter. Mm. Just uh. yeah. So Chappelle says, "Hey, Chase, if you even want a chance of keeping your job, you'd better get back to CTU right now and debrief me on Bauer." And Chase says, "Yeah, Ryan, I understand. 
And he hangs up and then just keeps on driving. <laughs> keep keeping on. Go. See you later, buddy. And go fuck himself. <laughs> so we get it. We cut back to CTU. We see Adam call Chloe's desk and ask, "Hey, is Kim there?" Chloe says, "No." <laughs> well, are your logs still six hours behind? Because mine are. And Chloe confirms that. And Adam goes, what the hell is taking Kim so long? And he sees Gael walking by. And Adam asks, hey, you going to Tech 1? Gael says, no. And asks, what do you need? Adam <laughs> oh, says, okay, I'll just go there myself. Don't bypass Chloe's bitchy attitude Okay, of, of, of her saying, I don't keep track of Kim's schedule. <laughs> God, Chloe, I just ask if your fucking logs are fucked up. And then where do you think Kim is? That's... Here's the thing. Here's the thing, guys. No, no. Just listen. You're not, buddy. Listen for two seconds. Give me, give me, give me some latitude here before you object. You're being such a Chloe. Right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What this, what this looks like to me is Chloe is someone who, during this non-crisis, or during the rest of the time when there's not a crisis, she gets shit on all the time. Like, hey, do this, run this, and just everyone's just so rude to her just because of her face. And you know what? Now everyone wants just... now everyone wants everyone to do all this extra work. And she's like, no, fuck you. I'm doing my job like I always do. And I you have been shitting all over me, so I'm not doing anything extra. Hey, hey, fuck hey, off. bud. Hey, bud. Yeah. You work, you work in, an, in an office mm-hmm. for the most part, right? A, a reasonable corporate structure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Chloe works in what's called operation or ops. Mm-hmm. They get asked to do shit. So you do shit. Yeah. That's I work in oper- I used to work in operations too. And you know uh-huh. what? People would ask me to do shit and I might do it, but I'm also getting attitude because fuck off. <laughs> Damn, you are, Chloe. <laughs> so you're just, you're just, you're just now, okay, now I get it. Now I fucking get it. Okay. Look, I, I, do, I also used to hate Chloe back before I had to work in, in corporate America. And now that I have worked in corporate America, I get it. I get but, but it, Chloe. That was in the job description. Being I don't think it was. That, yeah. Dealing with Kim's bullshit and Zachary Kim, Kinto all up your ass? I don't think so. Do, they're asking you to do the shit you're supposed to do. Zachary Kinto and Kim Bauer are talking to you all day long. You're not going to give them some shit? Some attitude? Well, actually, to be, to be fair, Chloe and Zachary Kinto do work in different departments. Like, they are under, like, Chloe works under Jack. Uh, Adam works under uh, Tony. They are two separate orgs. Exactly. So but Chloe for some reason, shit. Zachary Kinto's up her ass for some reason all the time because he's an entitled white man who is just, oh, no one else is as talented as I am. Kim can't do her job because she's a blonde woman. I'm going to ask Chloe to do all this shit. Oh, Chloe must know where Kim is because they're both women. Probably saw each other <laughs> in the bathroom. Their cycles probably match up. Yeah. I mean, that went deep. That went deep, fam. I'm just I think saying, we- I understand. I understand having to work in corporate America with people who suck. It, to be fair, though, Outside of the light treason, Kim seems pretty good at this particular job. Yeah, I mean, and even like, we'll get to it in a minute. She springs back into action pretty quick. I, I was like, like, Kim, I know will betray my trust that she's slowly earning back right now. She will betray later in the season, I'm sure, but you know, whatever. Um, so Guy asks what Adam needs, and Adam says, "I ah, don't worry, I'll just go there myself." And Guy was like, "Oh no, no, don't worry. Kim's not there anymore because uh, Chappelle asked her to do something else." Don't worry what it was. She just, she's gone though. <laughs> and Adam says, well, I need her help find Jack. Uh, I mean, maybe because she's his daughter, she'll see something that we're overlooking. And Guy says, well, as soon as I see her, I'll send her over. Don't worry. And he walks away and then uh, he's clearly on the way to do something else. And then Michelle intercepts him to go over a few things about 
onboarding Gael as like the new head of CTU <laughs> and starts going all the, go over going all sorry going over all this shitty bureaucratic work that he has to do. <laughs> and he's like, oh, I'm just trying to commit treason over here. God. So, like, yeah, like Michelle literally starts talking about fucking balancing the budget and staffing God, resources or some was, dumb shit. I was so happy to watch, like, the face guy, I was like, I need everybody to beat off my dick right now about where Kim's at. And all of a sudden, Michelle's like, hey, come look at this matrix. Which, <laughs> oh God, I got this, if you, if I got this resource matrix. I need you to reference. Um, <laughs> I'm just saying, if you, if you work, giving if you people attitude too, but you're not giving him shit. You give Chloe no, shit for giving no, people attitude. Fam. This guy's committing treason and giving attitude. Michael, and you're just letting Michael, it happen. Uh, Why? Because uh, he's a guy? Because he's a man? Okay. No, no. Fuck okay, off, you've had enough. The thing. <laughs> we have, we, we, okay. Gentlemen, we are all in management. Yeah. Name me one fucking matrix you want to look at. Never. Thank you. Can't. The one that tells me how much bonus I get. That's bullshit. No. Uh-uh. <laughs> the only matrices you see involve the shit you're expect- accepted- expected to do, what you're responsible for, and then all the people underneath you who you have to that, that circle and do shit for the... It's no. Hey, it was in the job one. description. He knew what his job was. He wanted Maybe Michelle's she, job. No, he was no, like, hey, Michelle, give me the power, and now he's got the power. He doesn't he want to see his shit. He's only getting this job because Tony got shot in the neck. <laughs> yeah. My dude didn't <laughs> But he asked for yet. it earlier, and now he's getting it, and he was like, oh, I'm going to get to do all the fun shit. No, because there's some major things you got to look at first, bitch. Well, he wasn't. He didn't want to do any of the fun shit. He wanted to be like, oh, cool, I'm in charge. I can I can be super mole now. I can be big dick mole. Mm-hmm. Um, but so, like, Michelle is going over the resource and staffing matrices with him, and, like, He's like sweaty, like looking around like a, a mouse trapped in a in a trap, and like we see um, a great metaphor. Holy nailed fuck, it. we are forty one minutes in. Oh, this is nothing. We're actually doing really good. We're good. We're, um, we're moving in. So, Gael looks over and sees Adam dialing Tech One to get a hold of Kim, and he's just sweating bullets. And again, I just want to like I love that Gael is the mole, got gets like raised up into this huge position of power, and just gets undone by giving like people giving him too much real work to do. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's the most starts... realistic thing that's ever happened in this show. Actually, yeah. yeah. So yeah, actually, your principal personified. I want to give. I want to give everybody this this message for the kids and the folks out there who um who aren't in management yet in your job. Uh, for those of us, the three of us who've been in management. So what you do is you get really good at what you do. You enjoy that. You love it. And then they yep. say, "Hey, bud, you're gonna be a manager." And what being a manager means is that you no longer get to do the stuff you like doing and are good at. You don't do any of that anymore. You oversee folks who are doing that, which means way more spreadsheets and bullshit. And someone else does your job. So it's like, oh, hey, oh, you, and you, you oversee one people Gael? doing it. You should be oversee people who are doing it worse than you could correct. do it yourself. Yeah. And you want because to they haven't so had bad. the experience that so you bad. It's Yeah. So, Peter Principal, you get promoted to the level of your incompetence. <laughs> so, Gael gets promoted because he's just there. <laughs> but he was really good at being... A mole and a tech. In, in tech he was one. not going to like, be hey, bud, a mole and a boss. No more in tech one. You're the boss now of tech one. You don't go in there anymore. Yep. Look you at can't me. just hang out. <laughs> so Adam calls down to tech one to try to get a hold of Kim. And Kim tries to finally move her chair over to the phone and pulls it off the hook with her fingers uh, that are taped down. But she doesn't make it in town. And Adam is hung up. Mm-hmm. He gets frustrated. Gael looks nervous. And Adam just decides to head over to tech one. Um, and Gael asks Hey, is uh, Tony out of surgery and he gonna be okay? Michelle says, "Yeah, probably he's fine." Um, <laughs> Michelle, Adam tries to get into Tech One, but the code doesn't work, obviously, because Gael previously reprogrammed it. And he calls Michelle to see if Gael reprogrammed it. He's like, "Nah, that wasn't me." So Adam goes, "Hey, Michelle, can you just override the door?" And she says, "Yeah, sure. It'll be fifteen seconds." And uh, there is absolutely no protocol for 
anything security wise in this office. Like Michelle, I, I can give Michelle well, a pass because she's like she's her head is somewhere else. Like she wants to get out. She's like. I don't know why the door lock changed. I'll just do it. I'll fix it. But I, she, she's in point. She shouldn't there there should be a protocol in place so that more than one person has to be involved to change and or override access to 100%. a door. But again, he is a mole. Maybe he had a like he set up a little back door. Whatever. Um but so Gael asks, hey, what you doing? She's like, oh, just uh, overriding the door lock. And he gives like a like she turns back to her computer to start working. He just kind of gives like a little starts edging away very slowly. He moonwalks the fuck out. Guys, guys I Gael is the smartest mole in this whole show. Because he realizes immediately, oh, it's all falling down. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I, got, I gotta go. I gotta gotta gets to go. So, yeah, Michelle resets the door code so, to one, two, three, four for 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 Adam. He plugs no, and then the the best part is Michelle like says to Adam like, okay, it's gonna take about fifteen seconds to update. Hangs up the phone, then like goes back to talking about like budgets or some <laughs> dumb shit, and then like she's like, did you get that guy out? And looks over her shoulder, and like ten seconds later is like, oh, he's gone. Yeah, and then weird. We we cut the guy running away and get like the most casual chase through ctu like he's just trying to like power walk down the hallway <laughs> he does knock out two guards almost gets out uh, out the door with his gun drawn and then michelle shows up with security and says external security is already in position if you go outside you know exactly what's going to happen to you yeah. i like i like guy i mean he, he he thought he had it he pulled the gun on the security yeah. guard by the elevator and then two guards show up the elevator with two guns drawn and then two guards show up with michelle behind her. by the way michelle looking Looking like authoritative and real mm-hmm. hot, walking behind them two guards, just like you know it's over. And Gael looked confident with four guards with four guns pulling him, just like you don't want this, Michelle. Oh yeah, he says, he "Don't want- get in my way, Michelle." And he literally has five guns pointed at him from <laughs> from five different locations. He's like, "Don't get in my way." She's like, "I ain't in shit." You got these five dudes to deal with though, with the guns. How did he but get it- a gun into CTU though? I mean, he just a little, had little it. baby, um, baby gun. This little baby gun. You can't just you can't just bring guns to the federal buildings. Michael, it was in his bumble. Let's be honest mm. about it. Okay. Yeah, it's a good yeah. point. Let's be honest. Um, but yeah, but one thing I will say, like Michelle had been very distracted. Like clearly wasn't like she was ready to go see Tony. But then when it was go time, she was like, "Fuck you, bro. You know, you know what's? I will kill you. <laughs> yeah, if I you mean, go you outside that door. She, like she was. She was like, external security is already in place, Gael. You're not going anywhere. You know what happens? You walk up the door. It's like exactly. You ain't, if you get up the elevator, they're gonna shoot you on sight. So mm-hmm. gone. Turn around. Uh, it's over. That's a, that's a threat made with like full intent, mm-hmm. and like it's like yeah, you can do what you want. You try to go out that. You can shoot everyone here. You go up that door. You're dead. Super um, dead. So, so Gael drops his gun to the floor, and they uh, take him into custody, not very politely. And we get to commercial at seven fourteen. We come back at seven eighteen. You realize though, Kim was kidnapped for a total of what? 12 minutes? 13 minutes? It's a quick one. Yeah. It's the best That's one. That's impressive. Yeah. Yeah. She got- There's a lot of season left, bud. <laughs> <laughs> so we come back at 718. Uh, in the split screen, we see Gael handcuffed in a holding room. We see Jack handcuffed in the plane cargo room. And we cut to President Palmer right in his limo with his brother Wayne. And um, Wayne just kind of says, hey, we haven't really located Jack Bauer yet. Um, and uh, P- Palmer says, well, he's not in the city anymore. His objective was to take remote Salazar to Mexico in order in order to prevent the release of the Cordilla virus. So that's what he's going to do, even if it costs him his life. Um, and Wayne just goes, 
yeah, cool. We've got other issues to deal with. Let the military <laughs> intelligence do what they got to do with Jack Bauer. You got bigger fish to fry. Um, they arrive. The motorcade arrives to the district headquarters where Ann Packard is waiting. And she runs up to David and apologizes about Ted and the debate and says, maybe we should have just paid him off. Which, hindsight, really 2020 on that one, huh, Ann? <laughs> um, and uh, Palmer, for some reason, assures her that it's not her fault. Um, but she still clearly feels guilty since she encouraged David to stand up to him. And Wayne, who in the last episode was basically like, hey, yeah, you're a doctor. Stick to medicine. This is politics. Stay the fuck out. Um, Wayne interrupts and says, uh, we have a lot of work to do. Maybe you can get the fuck away. <laughs> and uh, they they walk away and Wayne just like shoots a, like daggers at Anne. Uh, and we get a tiny clock at 720. Please take a drink. Um, we cut back to CTU and we see a guard open a door as Michelle enters the interrogation room holding Gael, um, or sorry, next to the interrogation room and sits next to Ryan looking through the two-way glass as they watch Gael. And um, <laughs> Michelle can't believe that Gael is a traitor and ask if she's if he said anything yet and <laughs> ryan just says well don't worry we haven't questioned him. we're su- we're sweating him first yeah we're just gonna let him sweat it's like okay okay like, we, why do we have a time why? time crunch on this bad boy here just a taste. like like this comes up later too like when like when he's demanding like <laughs> when they put him on the phone in a minute yeah it's like you don't have any leverage over him right now yeah. like at all so guy yeah he Gael doesn't tell them anything he keeps his mouth shut but then he goes along with this whole phone plan <laughs> doesn't make any yeah. sense it's it's silly okay so um michelle says uh, okay when tony gets out of surgery i need to be there when he wakes up and ryan's just <laughs> like well we need you at ctu we just uncovered a mole we don't know how much salazar's compromised the agency he's got a um, point I'm on Chicago side. I mean, great here. point. It's like, hey, I know we have a mole, but can I see my husband? No, yeah, I mean, not no, not really. Sorry. No, actually, yeah, sorry, national emergency. <laughs> Michelle says, "Look, you're handling you're handling this. Chloe can handle any of the tech issues that come up." And <laughs> Ryan has his most his first relatable moment in the entire show when he just says, "And I'm going to quote with full intonation, ah, Chloe's a pain in the ass." <laughs> Correct, correct, sir. You are ding, ding, ding. Ah, you are correct, sir. And and then Michelle just says, "Yeah, but she can handle it." And then Ryan immediately reverts to form and says, "Fine, if you think you're dispensable." (laughs) (laughs) And Michelle sighs and she's like, "I just want to be with my husband." And Ryan softens, just nods, like, "Yeah." And says, "You can go." If there was anything you needed to know about Chloe, though, that exchange is 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 it. Chloe's a pain in the ass. Yeah, but she can handle it, though. That's it. That's Chloe. Yeah. I mean, you're not wrong. I don't have to like it, though. <laughs> yeah. She still sucks. So, there you go. Um, so, Michelle sighs. Saying, we put up she's... with a lot of shit from people who are good at their jobs just because they're good at their jobs. All right? And Chloe's not even that bad. She just has a little bit of an attitude problem. Right, but I'm good at my job, and I'm nice. Okay, but how many people do you work with who aren't? Good yeah. at their job? Many. No, people. no, who aren't nice, but are good at they their jobs. They are nice, though. Eh, a handful. I'm going to delete this part. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Michelle thanks him, leaves, and then Ryan just goes, all right, let's do this, and walks Party in. Party time, the, buddy. <laughs> the Leroy Jenkins in there, and and delivers, like, the worst. He's just like, you had us, Gael. Now we have you. <laughs> So bad. Super clever. Um, and then he asks Gael, like, you working alone? You got other moles in this piece? What's up? 
And Gael's silent, and then Agent Johnson, an interrogation expert, walks in and sets down a small metal case. And as he opens the case, Ryan just says, you know Johnson. You know what Johnson does? <laughs> you know how that Johnson do, though? I feel like if his name was anything other than Johnson, this would have been a legitimate threat. You know that, you know that Johnson works? <laughs> Should his name have been Dixon? Look, here comes Eeyore. You know what Eeyore is going to do to you, huh? They're going to be so sad. <laughs> hey, guys, I have, I have a horrible dad joke. Hit it. But is, it, is a Mexican mole a mole A? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You need to be quiet for the next five minutes. <laughs> you're, you're time out. Mm-hmm. We're gonna turn your chair to face the servers. Nope. Nope. Toast. Toast. Yep. Toast yeah. Go face the. Ser- go face whatever Tom Hanks movie you're watching. Oh, hold on. What's that? I see. I saw a glimpse of it. What is that? I don't think it's Tom Hanks. It's Denzel. Tom- Washington. Oh, it's Denzel. We got Denzel back. I don't know. It's on it's FX F- right FS1? now. Oh, FXX. That's a big gun, Denzel Scott. Are they in a trailer? Riveting podcast right now. I like his haircut. What's going on? Who's that? I don't know what movie this is. Yeah, what is this? <laughs> Curtis, identify this. You don't you don't know what this is? I can't I'm not from this scene. I can't identify it. There's a lot of shooting going on, I'll tell you that much. Who's, who's that with him? You gotta tell me. I, I can't I can't see. It looks like Ray Romano. <laughs> the, the man or the woman? <laughs> the man. All right, that's a late model Dodge, so it's sometime in the late twenty ten or two thousand. Yeah, it's a two thousand eight. I can't see anything on this potato quality. Oh, that's Marky thing. Mark. Okay. Oh, okay. What is it? Two Kings? Is that what it's called? What was it? No. Are you thinking what? of two guns? Two guns. That's there like we go. Brian yeah. Phillippe, though, wasn't it? No, it was Marky Mark. It is two guns. Oh, two, yeah. sorry, I'm thinking two. of the other one. Three Kings. Move along. MacGruber? Huh? It's two You're thinking of MacGruber. No, it's, it's, <laughs> Ryan Phillippe movie. Yeah, MacGruber. No, <laughs> the other one. No, MacGruber. Um, two guns. Move along the show. Okay. So, um, Gael says nothing, and Ryan says, Gael, way if the it's the last thing I ever... God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> says, Gael, if it's the last thing you ever do, you will tell me where that plane is landing. And we get a tiny clock at 722. Please take a drink. And on the plane, Ramon Salazar is... in it as well. Oh, really? Yeah, Benicio Del Toro and Ryan Phillippe, way of the gun. Cool. That's fun. Um, Ramon Salazar is <laughs> dancing with Sandra, a woman. <laughs> hey, real quick. <laughs> he turns... What, what happened to the seatbelt side on this plane? You know, no. Do hey, that here's a question I don't know the answer to. Listeners, if you know, chime <laughs> in. Do private planes have seatbelt warnings? Just saying. I They're, don't. I don't think so because I think they can just to, open the door and just be like, because I mean they're nope. they're your pilot. They can just be like, hey, it's gonna get bumpy. Gonna get bumpy. Yeah. Trap in. Okay, maybe. If I was rich, um, I wouldn't want a fucking light dinging at me. If I was rich enough to have a private plane. And the pilot just turned on a fucking light and be like, you can come back here and fucking tell me to my face, asshole. I pay your salary. Also, I'll throw you out the door. <laughs> Fuck you. Because I'm Ramon Salazar. It is my God-given right as a billionaire to fly up into the roof of this plane <laughs> if you hit some turbulence. I need to talk about Ramon's state of mind here, boys. So, uh, yeah, yeah, it, so, yeah. Ma- break it down, Michael, Curtis. Michael knows this because um, he was there with me. Uh, there was a night recently where we were out at a celebration uh, for my wife uh, and we were having good drinks, good times. Mm-hmm. But Chris, I, I, knowing what's but I, what's in this but I, scene, I'm so worried about where the story is. <laughs> yeah, no, it's okay, it's okay. But I peered, I peered over 
at the bar, and there was some dude who was talking to my wife, trying to put the moves on her. Mm. Now, my wife is an ice queen and can handle herself, obviously, a strong woman who can handle herself with a no game, but I just looked at Michael and held my hands up <laughs> and said, does this guy want these hands? <laughs> and, that, want and that was my focus for the remainder of the evening, was that does this gentleman want my hands? Because these hands can come. They're free. Mm-hmm. They can go. Mm-hmm. The stare that I had at him was unrelenting, unmovable, <laughs> and unshakable. I just wanted <laughs> him to have these hands. Yeah, right. Yep. This is the same look I see in the eyes of Ramon Talazar right now. There are two mm-hmm. ladies grinding up on Ramon Talazar, offering him all the goodies. His shirt is open. Five buttons down. And one one woman does not have a shirt nope. on, and then he takes her just, skirt off in this yeah, scene. Hat, just mm-hmm. almost naked, ready to get after it. And Ramon, looking at this door that he knows has <laughs> Jack behind it, is just like... Jack, these hands are completely free, fam. And I got, well, I got to one hand. To one hand does have a pistol. In it. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's so important. I, that's what I mean. I just had my hands. He has a gun and a hand. It's just real. He just, oh, I, yeah. I, so, ladies, I love you, but I need, I need this Jack murder. I just gotta have it. Okay, I, I do want to. I'm gonna note the time right now because mm-hmm. it's. This will be basically Curtis. What you're talking about? Seven twenty-three, and something comes up later that I need to question to follow up what you're talking about right yeah. now um so ramon clearly can't focus on on the very pretty ladies dancing up on him and they're just the dancing can i say the line every time bauer takes a breath is an insult to me so he says tell me again when my brother wants bauer alive i spent three months in prison because of him and then that which is michael you nailed it loved it um and then he turns to Tomas and just pulls a gun from his like shoulder holster <laughs> and heads through the door. And Tomas stops him again. And Rowan's like, you giving me orders? <laughs> and Tomas is like, no, but I love you and your brother. And I work for both of you. And can you please just like not be a dick for like a minute? And also like there's girls. Just wait, like wait an hour and you can have your revenge. Not even an hour. It is like literally like 15 minutes from now. Yeah. Just like, hey, man, just again girls and booze just do it and ramon reluctantly agrees hands the gun over and then asks for another drink and then we see jack wake up again in handcuffed in the plane and we see the guard pedro watching a bootleg dvd copy of fucking speed oh is that what that was i was trying to figure out what it was it's we see the bus tearing ass through the airplane hangar just before it crushes into the uh, oil tanker. Hey guys, uh, on a port. I, yeah. I hate this scene by the way because my 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 Spanish name throughout Spanish class in my entire time in middle school, high school was Pedro. So yeah, I love you, Pedro. Go ahead. Well, go, go so ahead. this I hated this because I'll get to it. Okay, so Jack addresses the guard Pedro by name, and Pedro just kind of like not supposed to talk to you, Jack. So they know each other. Mm-hmm. They clearly know each other. They've had they. Probably were friendly at one time. Don't matter. Just says, you got to listen. I risked my life to get Ramon out of prison. And Pedro says, yeah, but you put him there. And Jack's like, I have something important to tell him. I just need to talk to him before he gets too wasted. You know what he's like when he drinks too much. And Pedro's just like, yeah, like that one time you got too hammered and threw a dude off a plane, <laughs> which is pretty good burn, Pedro. Pretty good one. <laughs> and Pedro refuses to talk to him anymore, puts his headphones on. He's like, you're a dead man. I'm just going to go back to watching Speed. Bye. Um, and Jack, like, tries to pull himself up onto, like, a platform, but then just, like, falls over, starts retching and convulsing, like, seizing up. And Pedro turns around, gets distracted to see if he's okay. Was Jack okay, guys? No. Jack, I think, snapped his neck with his legs. 
God. Yeah, so Jack was faking it. Pedro. And, like, my dude. They were. I felt really, like, of all, like, this actually impacted me when I was watching the episode. I was like, and I don't know how you guys watch these episodes. I have to stop and take note. This, it takes me two and a half hours to watch any episode. But, like, I, like, paused for a solid minute after Jack did this. I was like, you guys were kind of buds. Yeah. yeah. Like, Pedro, he's, you didn't need to kill Pedro. Yeah, and, and after we find out what's yeah. going on at the it's end. It's so much like, worse. It's so much worse. Like, what, Hector's gotta be like, but... Yeah, so, why'd so, you kill my so, dude? So over to make sure that Jack isn't dead so that Ramon can kill him later. And Jack attacks him and gets Pedro wrapped, or wraps his thighs around Pedro. His manly yeah. Jack Bauer thighs and <laughs> Just does that work on Pedro's neck game. Mm. Poor one out for Pedro. I just didn't. I, I. It was so. I was like, of. I think of all the kills thus far in twenty four. Is like this was the one that was not necessary. Oh, he could, like, like, Jack, I, could have I, subdued him without well, murdering yeah, him. Yeah, I know. I know Pedro now. I don't like it. I don't like this kill. Yeah, bad kill, Jack. But the thing is, the, they went out of their way to show that Jack and Pedro knew each other, mm-hmm. like, and were like probably friends. Mm-hmm. Yep. And Jack just like very callously kills him. Yep. Um, but so outside the door, <laughs> where Jack's <laughs> former bud is now dead, we see Ramon being entertained by the girls, but he still seems distracted by the door. Yeah, and Jack quickly uncuffs himself, takes Pedro's gun, and just sits by the door and waits. Um, so we get cut to commercial at 726. We come back at 730. We see uh, Gary Whitehorn, apparently the press secretary, um, talking to David and Wayne. And we're like, yeah, that whole national security excuse you gave to walk off stage, we can explain that one, no problem. But the allegation against Anne and Ted, that one's going to be much harder to handle, which is weird. Um, <laughs> and David just continues to be like, don't worry, the truth will come out and win the day. And it should be hard to prove that Ted is a liar with an agenda of his own. And Jerry just like, yeah, but the public loves dirty laundry and they will hurt you unless you can give them something juicy to distract them. Um, so Wayne and Jerry are like, yeah, Dave, you're, you're fucked here. Um, it's going to hurt you. Um, and Wayne motions for Jerry to leave so he can talk private with David. And Wayne just says, you got to distance yourself from Anne. She sucks. She's the worst. Yeah, it's, I mean, his, his honest, his honest you know, reason is, look, dude, the people you decide to give that dick to don't really work out for you in the public. People know you have bad judgment in women. Just it's the yeah, worst. Yeah, so he mentions... He mentioned Sherry, right? Yeah, he yep. says the public, you know, you, you use all your trust with the public with Sherry and her management. And to be fair, also probably a little bit internally, your boy Mike was a fucking traitor. Like your mm-hmm. cabinet tried to oust you from power. Your chief of staff, yeah, no, who should be your best friend yeah, in the you're, world. You're bad at trusting people, like real bad at it, buddy. So, um, I'm going to need you to back the fuck off. How about he does say what? How about you he does say oh, one if I'm, thing? If I'm, if I'm, his brother, I'm, saying, I'm saying, hey, David, how about you tell me which lady turns you on? And I say, who does your dick not like? Cool. <laughs> That's your new girlfriend. That's it. Yep. That's the one. That's her right there. That's the one. Uh, he does say one thing Wayne does. He's like, it's like once he says, like, the people cannot take you dealing with another person who's not trustworthy. At some point, you have to respect the people who voted for you. It's like, That's a first. <laughs> <laughs> Weird. <laughs> Oh. Um, so Wayne leaves and David turns to see Anne kind of staring forlornly at him through the window. Uh, and she's outside talking to like an agent, a secret service agent. And then she gets a, cell- a call on her cell phone <laughs> and it's Ted, oh. her ex-husband, Ted, who says, oh, hey, Ted. Hey, oh, was thinking on. about you. 
Um, also have some documents <laughs> that will prove you're innocent. I just need to swing by my office real quick. <laughs> and Anne's like, okay, cool. I'll send someone over to get them. And he's like, no, 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 you can't do that. Guys, so. Come yourself if, or I'll destroy them right if, now. I swear to God. If, not, that's if, not anybody, weird at all. if anybody has ever been to a movie where people of of my ethnicity have been inside the movie with you, um, and I'm sorry for this, but this is the part where we say, don't go, girl. Because it's literally Ted's calling and saying, hey, Ann, at this trap, um, can you come? <laughs> really like you to can come you come to this it. trap real quick, though? Like, just let me. I need you to come into the trap. Just I kind of want to just murder you. Just would be, would be great. Just, just right. Put your neck right in the old trap game. Thanks. So Anne Anne literally goes, "Okay, fine, but you better not be wasting my time." And <laughs> hangs up the phone. Y'all think he's wasting her time? Um, judging by what he put in his old bag later, I'm gonna say yeah. yeah he's gonna waste her. That's his yeah, whole plan. Yeah, so right around right around the uh seven fifty mark we see uh Ted still waiting in, in his in his apartment, not having again, not moved, no one moves in the show, <laughs> putting a gun, a pistol into his bag. Mm-hmm. Um so we get a tiny clock at seven thirty three, please take a drink. Um we see Chase Edmonds park his uh sleek black Ford F one fifty. Hell of a vehicle, you guys. Beautiful. Just just a real banger. Mm. Um in in front of a long driveway, and he prowls up towards the house in the dark, looking around before he rings a doorbell, and a man named Simon answers the door and greets Chase by his full name, Chase Edmonds. He's like, sorry, bud, haven't din din. Uh and Chase doesn't care. Barges in, pulls a gun, shoves him down against the table, and says, Hey, um, he goes bower on about- his ass, so to speak. Yeah, he goes pretty bower. And um, Simon <laughs> tells his wife and kids who are looking on from the kitchen, be like, hey, um, go upstairs. It's fine. <laughs> and um, then he looks back at Chase and it's like, hey, I already told you and your partner that I'm a legitimate accountant. <laughs> you got nothing on me. And Chase just holds up his gun in front of him. He's like, I ain't here to bust you, homie. Hey, <laughs> and I'm not hey, leaving until I know where Hector Salazar hey guys, is. I got I to gotta understand this. So Chase walks in mm-hmm. with a gun. Mm. Uh-huh. Points it at the man whose house he's in. Mm-hmm. Yep. His wife and children see said gentleman pointing a gun at him. Yep. Yep. And nobody calls them police though. Well, but see, what you're not understanding is that um, Chase is a white dude. Uh, yeah. Oh. Yep. No. Yep. I get it. Yeah. So I just okay. I just do that. And I will say, too, I'm going to guess the wife knows her husband's up to some shady shit. Knows that Simon, even though he does clearly say, I am a legitimate accountant, I don't think any legitimate accountant has actually had to say the words, I am a legitimate accountant. I've met met several CPAs. As a legitimate accountant from his work computer in the family study directly next to the front door, he can access a international criminal drug dealer's Okay. Yeah, also, met, he has I, a private plane. Yeah, I've met several CPAs who don't have private jets. I'm just like, is that something that y'all do? Because I didn't, like, as a black dude, like, even if I got out of my car in that neighborhood, the cops would be there in, like, a minute. So, like, I <laughs> was it, Curtis, what do you drive, though? I mean, I'd be driving a, a Nissan. You wouldn't you know? be driving a yeah, Ford sorry, F-150, homie. It's a Ford F-150, my man. Fuck. Get get the right. fuck out of here with that. You're right. It's an import, it's an import piece of Drive shit. domestic, bitch. Yep. Yeah. I gotta do it. Anyway, drive American. I, I do love though, like Chase does go Bauer in this. He's like, I'm not here to, I'm not here for cop times, yeah. my man. <laughs> this is, I'm off the clock right now. <laughs> um, and he tells Simon, Ramon's broken out of prison. He's meeting up with his brother Hector. Need to work, know where he is. Um, Simon's like, I don't know where they are, but I do know that Hector left Columbia two weeks ago and didn't say where he was going. And Chase is like, Okay, 
track his money. So we get a tiny clock at 735. Uh, and again, this is probably exactly 10 minutes after the last time we saw Ramon. <laughs> so Ramon is sitting down at a table. Like, they're sitting down in chairs facing uh, Tomas. He has Sandra, one of the girls next to him. He has a gun next to his champagne. Um, oh, my. Sandra has her shirt open, uh-huh. just, you know, showing like, you know, boobs out. That, that sexy and fox they're PG just drinking 13, champagne. but it don't matter. The thing is, so again, 10 minutes, 10 minutes ago, they were dancing. Mm-hmm. I cannot tell if the implication here is that Ramon and the two women got tired of dancing while they were just in their bras, <laughs> or if they all had sex in the cabin of the plane in front of Tomas and are now done with it and have just like settled down. None Probably of it matters. None of it matters. At this point, this is, this is, this is where I had friends who calmed me down and my wife came calm me down in the club. But at this point, fan, Ramon has his hands fully in the air. Yeah. <laughs> like, He's throwing them. These hands got to do something. Somebody has to get them. He keeps looking at that door. I need mm. to get my boy. Jack has to get it. He's got. And he looks at Tomas, and Tomas just knows. He's just like, oh. Tomas fuck. gets it. I, I, I just remember my notes are Tomas kind of just gets it. Yeah, he's like, fine. All right, fine. <laughs> He like because like Tomas is like the actor just has this like happy affect and in this scene his eyes look so sad and resigned but he still has this smile on his face he's like all right it's going down I guess, well I guess he's gonna die now yep but like even so Ramon stands up and Tomas still just like out of like I guess like obligation stands up it's like no come on man stop but Ramon gets up walks to the door and flings it open and he's just like. Oh, you're ready to die, Jack. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. So what happens as soon as he Jackie opens the door? Jackie Boy's prepared. He grabs that gun and gets Ramon in the chokehold with a gun to his head and walks him out the like, door. I mean, just it, it's almost instant. He just, like, pulls Ramon's arm with the gun past him and puts the his gun in his neck. Mm-hmm. He's like, I guess we're done now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> here's what I don't. Here's where I started to think things were a little bit, a little bit fishy. Okay. Because Jack could just. Like, murder everybody on the plane and just take the plane wherever he wants now, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. Well, he still needs Hector. But what is, like, Hector saws the virus here? I mean, Hector saw, he knows Hector saw us the virus. Yeah, but, but uh, again, but the, uh, and this is one of those things. But land the plane where he is now holding everyone hostage in the place where Hector is expecting him to be with all the dudes. Which that comes up, that comes up. <laughs> also, but I, I think the the big the big we'll get there. I think the big problem is the words that Ramon heard Jack say out loud to all of the cops and Chase before they left the prison. But we'll get there. Also, guys, um, I want to say something, and I need to. I'll talk with my you know my wife and her colleagues on this one. Jack's phrase here is wrong, I believe, because Jack says, okay. "If I die, he dies." Now, I'm not a medical expert, as I said before, um, but. If you get shot square in the dome piece, I don't know if you're pulling a trigger. I just don't see it happen. I so, don't think he's... I think Jack is assuming that they, they can't hit him right in the dome piece. Yeah, Ooh. I think... Curtis, I, I have two points of reference for this. One, uh, Rainbow Six, the book. I remember <laughs> they were very clear. You have to like double tap in a very specific part of the dome. If you don't hit them in that spot, they do have enough Correct. muscle no, reflex no, I know to that. pull the trigger. I'm just saying. Also, hot fuzz. Um, mm-hmm. Is it true that there is a place in a man's brain where if you shoot it, it will explode? <laughs> I think that's, that's, that's the, medulla, the medulla oblongata, where all the yes, orneriness is. Oh, you <laughs> shoot that out, they're done. So Ramon tells Tomas to shoot at Jack, but Tomas does not. So Salazar's men all drop their weapons, and Jack forces Ramon into a seat, and uh, 
Ramon just has like some pretty good like banter with Jack. He's like, oh, what do you think? Hector won't be ready for you with an army? We're not in your backyard anymore, big American hero. <laughs> and Jack just tells him to shut up. Um, and we cut to the to, ground. He also tells him to tell the girls. Yeah. <laughs> tell the- what, what, do you, what is your plan? Tell, tell the, the girls. girls they, they look interested. Yeah. <laughs> tell, tell them. Um, it, which is funny when they land. One of the girls has not buttoned up her shirt, but she's like holding it <laughs> shut. <laughs> um, so we cut to the ground in Mexico where Hector is kind of hurrying to have everybody get ready for his brother's <laughs> arrival. And Claudia walks out and wonders why he needs so many men just to pick up Ramon. And Hector says, I want to be prepared for anything, whatever. <laughs> I haven't heard from Gael, who should have checked in, and I can't call the plane because it's too risky, so the Americans are checking everything. He kisses Claudia goodbye and drives off. Boys, to my surprise, it, throughout movie history and TV history, Hector brings the right amount of jack-proof dudes. Mm. He, yeah. he brings he brings an army. And, you know, you use, hey, I got, it's just Jack. Yeah, I need I need 50 dudes. Let's go. Yep. That's he, minimal. He loads, he loads for bear, <laughs> for sure. Because uh, again, I mean, like he has no idea of like CTU showing up. Yeah, he doesn't know. Or if it's just Jack. Plane. And either way, he needs the exact same amount of dudes. <laughs> Everybody who's like, hey, hey, John Wick's coming. I need ten guys. No, you don't. No, you don't. How how many guys do you have? A hundred. Bring all the guys. And you you bring up send a hundred guys and then retire. <laughs> just go home. That's they're dead. Yeah. Call, write it off. Yeah. It's a business loss. They're yeah. fine. All your dudes are just gone. Just cross it off the but balance. You at least tried to the high table when we met at you, but John was going to kill everyone there. Just don't show up. Just don't be there. Yeah. And you're alive. Um so we come back to CTU. Uh Ryan Chappelle's sitting calmly in a chair, watching as Gael cries out while being injected with something uh by Johnson. Johnson? The big, the big bad torture mm-hmm. man. Um, and Chappelle asks, hey, Gael, who you got working with you? I'd love nothing. Th- okay. He says, he keeps like, Gael's screaming. And he's just like, I would love nothing more than to hang you as a traitor and watch you jerk until you're dead. Which, Jesus Oof. Christ. Phrasing? Yeah, phrasing. Uh, yeah. My man. Yeah. But hey. Chappelle's just like, but I'm a realist. <laughs> I'm willing to cut you a deal if you tell her there are other moles in the agency. <laughs> Hmm. I, don't, I don't think that's how realism um, works. Hey, just white dudes, don't don't talk about hanging. Just don't do it. Just 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 say you're gonna you're gonna kill him. Just, and also, so just, just like don't. if if your your greatest like if the thing that would bring you the most joy in the world <laughs> is to watch a minority hang. Yeah. Okay, hey, but, bro. I already had a low opinion of you. Okay, yeah. but isn't. Is that not what the what the actual thing says that if you are found guilty traitor's of hang. being a traitor, traitor's you hang. will be hung, what hanged until death? No, but you're, the, you're, the worst no. part is the what, I want to watch you jerk until you die. Well, yeah, that, I mean to, that once again phrasing, but you're put to death. So like that involves the firing squad. So you don't need to be hung. That's that's kind of a thing. So don't do it. Just you know, not hanging, not the rope. I'm just saying, Ryan Chappelle kicks dogs. <laughs> At any, any chance he gets. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, so he says he's willing to cut a deal, and Gael's phone rings, and Chappelle goes, is this Hector? He picks he picks up the PDA, runs out of the room, and yells at Adam and Kim to bring in a tracking note immediately, and they run back in to the interrogation room, get set up, and <laughs> Chappelle puts the phone in some horrible apparatus from the early 2000s, and he puts the phone <laughs> in, and he's just like, you say one word, and you'll regret it. It's like, a lot of ring, by the will way. I? That, that's will the ring. Will I? That's the ring for you a while. You have literally, it's like, 
you're the American government. I'm g- apparently going to hang either way. <laughs> mm-hmm. Fuck you. Um, so he puts the phone to Gael's ear and they open the line. And Hector goes, hey, where you been? He's like, I've been busy. Didn't have a lot of time. <laughs> I got nothing. Got shit going on. Uh, and Hector goes, hey, where's my brother at? And Gael's like, Ramon's on his way. Uh, but I don't know what what's up with Jack. And Hector goes, how do you not know what's up with Jack? He's like, I don't know. They put me on something else. Stop asking about it. I'm being watched. <laughs> and Hector tells Gael to call him when he has something, and he hangs up. And Chappelle immediately looks over at Adam to see if they got a location, and they did not. And Chappelle throws down his headpiece in frustration from listening to the phone call. It's like, yeah, guys, I don't know. You, you should have instructed Gael to keep him on the line. That's a that's standard protocol in these scenes. It's like, keep him talking. He should have known. Gael should have known. Yeah, like, tell Gael to be like, not, not just be like, I don't know, kind of. Uh, uh, <laughs> hey, I don't know, I'm busy. how you doing, though? Is everything good with Claudia? You guys, you guys still banging? <laughs> you guys cool? Everything good? You guys smashing yet, mm-hmm. or what? <laughs> guys, guys, I, I, had, I had to look up the uh, U.S. code for treason. <laughs> yeah, hit me with it. Okay. Actually, I, hey, no joke though. I kind of want to know for personal reasons. Whoever, because I whoever might allegiance. commit light treason against you. Are you disloyal? Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah, a little bit, and a and a knowledgeable. I we've, think we've talked about kind of the wide range of um of punishments and how they don't always fit the crimes. Um, yeah. so. Whoever owing allegiance to the United States levies war against them or adheres to their enemies, giving them aid or comfort within the United States or elsewhere, is guilty of treason and shall suffer death, comma, or shall be imprisoned not less than five years and fined under this title, but not less than ten thousand dollars. <laughs> Wait, what now? <laughs> so I get you're five years for treason? death, or you're going to go to prison for at least five years and have to pay ten thousand dollars. Okay, hey, I had to harp on. I, had to, I, I know. I need to say it. I need to say it. So that first part. It's for minorities, and the last part is for y'all. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I, Curtis. I was gonna say I think I definitely fall into the middle category. I can't. I can't pay ten grand. I'm definitely firmly in the middle. I was like, yeah, okay, I'll serve. I'll serve no more than five years. Just what? What a random. Well, it's not random. Is it no more or no less than five years? It says no, not less than five years. Okay, mm-hmm. I'll serve five five years in, yeah, I don't know. You're doing five. Tennis. So I'm doing, tennis I'm doing death. That's how it's going to work out. <laughs> Sorry, but I, I can't. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's, it is what it is, man. Mm. <laughs> Jesus. I hate our country so much. <laughs> so we is, got to commercial at 739. For, got- for Texas, uh, Texas tournament fishing? Issues. Yes. <laughs> Death. You betrayed our nation and cheated fishing, you son of a <laughs> bitch. That was a 14 and a half inch bass and you trimmed its tail, you son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, we come back from a commercial at 743 um, and we see Michelle enter Tony's hospital and he's lying in bed with a bandage, a very small bandage on his neck, by the way, yeah. but he's conscious and he smiles as he sees Michelle enter. She gives him a little smooch and asks how he's doing. And Michelle says, uh, well, you scared the hell out of me. And Tony says, sorry, <laughs> got shot in the neck. Um, and Dr. Linzer walks in and Michelle asks how Tony's been doing. And uh, Linzer says, couldn't have asked for a better result. Everything went great. Should be on his feet in a few days and he can probably go home tomorrow. Y'all think he's staying there until tomorrow? No. Nah. Like right now? Nope. Good instincts because uh, Tony says, I need to talk to Michelle for a loan for a second. Doctor leaves. And... Um, Tony wants to know if, hey, did Palmer let Ramon out of prison? And what is Michelle? <laughs> what 
kind of details does she give to Just very casually is like, no, he oh, didn't. No. Oh, no. But yeah, you know, your friend Jack, yeah, he totally broke him out of prison and he's probably in a plane right now going to Mexico. Yeah, he, he didn't want David to have to make the hard yeah, choice. So he did it. So hmm. And so what is how does Tony Curtis, what is Tony's immediate response once once he hears that Jack broke Ramon Salazar out of prison to save the president a hard choice? He wants to know who's in charge of CTU right now. And who does he say I need to talk to? Who talk to Gael? No. Needs to talk he needs he to talk to Gael. Talk to Gael. And, and, and Michelle's Michelle, like, uh, what, huh? Pensively, because, you know, she's an agent. She lets her husband know, hey, Gael, a mole, though? <laughs> a little, little mole? Tony, Tony just does not understand. He's like, no, what happened and where is he? Yeah. <laughs> and Michelle says, well, he's still at CTU being tortured by Ryan <laughs> Chappelle and by Johnson. And Tony immediately, with a gunshot wound in his neck yeah. post-surgery, <laughs> It was like, gotta get out of go in the back to work. Gotta go. You gotta go. Doc's like, no, fam, you, you got your neck game, though. It's kind of messed up. He says, uh, CT medical take me out. Doc says, no. He says, can my wife sign me out? No, no, no. He, he didn't say, can my yeah. wife? He's like, she will she sign will me sign out. It's like, if you need to cover your ass, my wife will do it. And then he just looks over. <laughs> it's like, if you're worried about liability, my wife will sign me out. And Michelle, he looks her in the eye and she's like, hey, Michelle. If there's a time that you ever needed to trust me, it's right now. And we cut the commercial. We got a tiny clock at seven forty-six. Mm-hmm. Please take a drink. How do you? How did you feel about this, Curtis? In the moment, what, like what was your read on this? I was, I was saying to myself, either Gael's a double mole, a, mm-hmm. or Tony Almeida, triple mole Almeida, right? The Hispanic-sounding name mm-hmm. has been molding us since season one. That would be but, the longest con ever. Long, right. long mold. But here's the thing, guys. I'm not going to lie. And, I, I, and I, I, I'm honest about this. And I'm not going to lie. And, and Michael could understand this. I remembered that Tony was a Cubs fan. And I said, no. <laughs> no, man, the man can't be a mole. No. Because that level of dedication to shittiness that we had for 105 fucking years, you are not a traitor. You are honest <laughs> and foolhardy and dumb. You are an honest human being who loves what you love. Here's a question for you, Curtis. Just a, a long Fuck you, Marlins fan. Question. Fuck off. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry, yeah, buddy. yeah. yeah sorry, that's buddy. fine. Here's a question. Come back. Do you think that, as a Cubs fan, mm-hmm. once Tony gets a like a taste of success, maybe wins a, a real <laughs> solid W, championship maybe, do you think he turns back to the shit side? Do you think he goes dark? Any Probably. You think Tony, yeah. Do you think no. Tony loses perspective? Not yeah. Son. Not son. No. Have you seen the people go to Wrigley now? No, oh, yeah. because that, but that's, that's <laughs> them though. That's the new. That's the new fans, not them old fans. Tony's an old. Tony's had Cubby the mug for that a long time. I'm gonna say this. I've been a Cubs fan for a long time. I love my Cubbies. I rooted for the champion. Cush, understand when the Cubs won the title, there had been a bottle of champagne in our house that we, for some reason, never drank on New Year's Eve. That was available for Michael and I to taste that night of the title, just for because it was just there. Cause, cause the Lord sent down to us as Cubs fans. <laughs> I have not been to a Cubs game because I found out that the the Cubs owners were group supporters. I love my Cubbies. Yeah. They can fuck off. I'm real with who I am. So you always, as a as a true Cubs fan, 
you don't just veer off of what the true moral stance is, but you still sure. love your boys. Yeah, I get that. I, actually, I don't get that because, again, I am a Marvel Yeah, you fan. don't understand. Like, it, you're like, yo, sell it all. Whatever. Come on, G. Come <laughs> no, I, that's, no I'm, I get frustrated. I'm like, oh, they fucking did it again. Okay. I'm like, <laughs> any, anyone who grew up, so I, Marlins came out, came to my, like, uh, Miami. I was eight years old and I was so excited. I finally had a team. It's great. The true story of anyone who started out a Marlins fan, and I think it's only people in maybe a like three to five year age range of me. The true story of a Marlins fan is just you. You are Charlie Brown. <laughs> you are just Charlie Brown. You're like, oh, cool. We got a team. It's gonna be great. Oh no, <laughs> they they sold the whole. Fu- okay, funny well, story, Kush. Um, being a kid who was at Left Palm Beach from the mm-hmm. years of uh, eighty six to ninety five, I had. Yeah. A Looney Tune shirt with, yeah, with Bugs Bunny and Taz in the Marlins jerseys as a kid. <laughs> do you still have that? I, that? That shirt is probably worth a million dollars. I, I don't know if I do, but I had it with my with my overalls that only had one button available. Obviously. That I wore to school Damn. Um, in West Palm Beach. So, yeah. That's some Palm Beach County bullshit oh, yeah. right there. I love oh, yeah. it. Oh, yeah. We <laughs> we love to, to, to root for the Marlins and the Florida Panthers. But also hate Miami as a city. Oh yeah, that, I mean that's a national pastime of South Florida <laughs> to hate Miami. That was Palm Beach as fuck. Um, that's what we yeah. did. Hell yeah, homie. So I, I had that shirt. So I, I was a Marlins fan. Um, until one time I went to go see I went to go see the Marlins live, and as a Cubs fan my whole life, the Marlins went ahead and lost to a player I love but a team I hate. And that was Ozzy Smith and the, the Cardinals. I watched Ozzy Smith go out and do the backflip going to the to sort of stop position. I was like, that's cool. And they lost the Cardinals and said, fuck the Marlins. And I hated them ever since. So <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Hey, but I can't, I can't argue with yeah, it. It's hard. I it, can't it, argue it, was, with that. it was a hard position, but I'm like, yeah, the Marlins let me down. All I wanted you to do yeah. was literally injure anyone in the Cardinals and they didn't do it. And that's just hard. So you're Miami hurt people. That's, that, I mean, easy, that's literally right? all Miami has going for it. You broke yeah. me. You broke me and Michael in college, so you couldn't break Ozzy Smith. I mean, really? Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, it maybe maybe if Sammy Sosa hadn't corked his bat, you guys wouldn't have hey, been broken in college. You um, know what? You want to fight? So you want the, we hey, come back from. Hey, good. <laughs> these hands are always free. You <laughs> and I still. I will never forgive Derek. I won't. I don't care. Old DP. Fuck him. I'm sorry. It hurts. It still hurts. Nothing to be sorry Before about. Before it's hard. We had it. <laughs> so we come back from the tiny clock. We see Simon Collins. Uh, he's tracking a transfer that Hector Salazar made from his bank account in Bogota um, ending two weeks ago. And Chase is like, okay, for all that money. And Simon says that some of it went to an account in LA, someone named David Gomez, which Chase is like, yeah, we know about that, which I don't recognize yeah. that name. When did, that name when did we come- meet uh, old, old baby? Did that come up early? No. Uh, Chase was just like, no, I don't think yeah, so. we know about this, homie. Don't worry about it. Um, so, but he also says, oh, but here's something. A transfer for $720,000 that went to a uh, an account that I don't recognize. Okay, hold on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so apparently. Yeah, he was, he was. Um, he was shot he was by C2H. Yeah. So, okay, so he was one of the dudes who was <coughs> tracking. Okay, so oh, Gael called him earlier. Yes. He was tracking Kyle Singer. Yep. Um, and then he was killed when he was one of the goons that were holding um, oh. Kyle and Linda. He shot Tony Almeida. Oh, that oh. was David. Yeah. 
okay, well, that makes Chase's reaction even more bananas. Because he's just like, yeah, yeah, we know about him. He's fine. Tony, no big deal. No big deal. Let's move on. Okay, okay, this is cuckoo bananas. But then uh, Simon says, oh, yeah, there's a $720,000 deposit to account I've never seen before. It's in Las Nieves, Mexico. And Chase is like, okay, scoot aside. I'm going to take over your computer. And this is where he like pulls up in Carter or some shit and finds out that Las Nieves is 90, 90 miles over the border. And it's like, yeah, maybe, maybe Mac West. And he's like, okay, that must be it. <laughs> and yeah. Simon's like, okay, cool. Am I done? And Chase is like, no. Do you have a private plane? No, he's like, didn't he say like you have a private plane? Yeah. Right? He's just Clearly. like, yeah, he's I don't like, need that plane, fam. Gonna need you to clear that one for uh, takeoff. Yeah, you can't just take somebody's plane. Fuck. It's not even a Ford. That's just... Yeah. It's just a plane. <laughs> G6, bitch. Um, so we come back to CTO. We see Kim in the bathroom washing her hands, trying to like kind of clean up. And um, Chloe walks in. And guys, feel free to jump in here because I didn't take the best notes for this one. But <laughs> Chloe walks in and is just like, hey, so did Gael hurt you? And Chloe just, or Kim just kind of noncommittally says, no, I'm fine. No, and, then, and Chloe... Yeah. Tries to make like small talk. Well, she mentions that she mentions that you know she's she's kind of you know she can't believe that Gael was a mole because he's been CTO for two years and CIA for five years and she she's kind of exasperated about how it happened. And then then that's Chloe the only reason the scene exists. No, no, no. It, it, it to get goes, a good cross information. It goes. No, to, Michael. Goes, this no. scene exists yeah. for the next yeah. line. It goes to give Gael his 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 reasons for maybe being um an okay person. But then it also. Goes to being Chloe being the worst fucking person. Chloe says, "I never meant to, to do anything to hurt you or your dad." And and Kim acknowledges what she said. And then Chloe just looks at her and says, "There, I said it." Because no, fuck no, 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 Chloe. no, no, Curtis, no, you missed the best part of that. Was like, go ahead. I never thought your dad was a bad person. Yeah. Oh. I'm sorry if I ever offended you. And then Kim is like, "Okay," and then she's like, "There, I said it." <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine if someone just walked up to you and was like, I never thought you or your dad were bad people. She's the worst. She's the worst. Like, the, like there I said it is just the worst. It's just, it's just, there. I like was the, good. The, the there I said it, like, if she had been saying it to anyone other than Kim, I would agree with you. But the fact she's saying it to Kim, I'm just like, yep. The worst part is like the self-affirmation of like, Chloe, like, because you have to imagine like, Chloe just like, if she walks into any situation, she's like, yeah, I did fart in the lunchroom. <laughs> there, I said it. And just walks out. Like, <laughs> But see, the, but the most important thing is that we find out that Gael was CIA for five years before he came to CTU. That's yeah, very important. important. Which could go either way, because we know that, like, long government service is in no way indicative of, like, you might not be a shithead in this show. I'm just saying, if I'm anything, to... it might lead you to be more. Of a shit but I was trying to figure out, okay, what is his, what is his in here? How does he, how does he even get hooked up with Salazar as a CTU agent? Like he has nothing to do with drug running. Like their business is drugs. What would CTU have to do with any of that before this particular situation? Well, I mean, he, see, I mean, he was all their drugs, but also like they had ties to terrorists. So, I don't know. Uh. Hmm. Okay, um, so <laughs> we get a tiny clock at 7.47. Kim, after Chloe walks uh, walks away, gets a call from Chase, and he goes, hey, are you alone? And she walks out of the bathroom and is like, where are you? Chappelle ordered you back to the CTU, and Chase is just like, yeah, I'm not coming back until I find Jack. And Kim's just like, well, how are you going to do that? He's like, well, I find out where Jack is taking Ramon. And Kim's like, 
No, you have that backwards. Ramon's taking Jack. Mm. I saw a security video of Jack being knocked out, taken, and loaded onto a plane. Um, he's like, video? How the fuck did you see that? She's like, oh, yeah, by the way, Gael's a mole, <laughs> and uh, I was watching his video feeds, and uh, he's working for the Salazars, and now he's under arrest. And Chase is like, okay, has he talked to anyone? And this this is what I don't know. I don't know if Chase knows. He must not. There's everything. no way he's flying his happy no. ass to Las Nieves but if he knows that. The weird thing is he he seems intent to know if Gael has talked about anything. Because I think his immediate reaction is, well, he says, CTU is compromised. You can't tell anyone I have to go dark. I think he's... He's basically, he's been trained by Jack to, at first sign of any type of problems within the or, the organizations themselves, to cut yourself off and go it alone. Yeah, he's worried about like, Chappelle. That's, yeah. that's, that's move the worst. one, if there's a mole. Yep. Yeah, that's fair. So, Kim's like, you can't go in alone, and Chase is like, you can't say anything to anyone. I'll call for backup when the time is right. You gotta promise me you won't say anything, and she won't do it. She's like... <laughs> I got to go dark and I need you to promise me that you will protect me and your dad by not saying anything. And she's like, be careful, Chase, mm. and hangs up. And we come back to the plane. We see Ramon's talking to Jack with a gun in his neck. He's like, tell me, tough guy, what's the plan? <laughs> tell the girls. They want to know. <laughs> and Jack says, they'll know soon enough. And Ramon just kind of laughs at the idea of Jack landing the plane, arresting everyone. He's like. Uh, maybe you might want to drop me off and take the plane back to the U.S., but, oh, sorry, Jack, you're a criminal, a wanted man, and uh, you have nowhere to go. I don't think a third world country will suit you. That's called a dilemma, Jack. I love the way he says, though, that, like, oh, even the great Jack Bauer can't take 50 men on by himself. And I'm like, you know what? I'm still giving him 50-50 odds at worst. <laughs> odds are pretty good. He's got a plane, yeah, though. He's got a plane. He's got all the guns of all the people on the plane. I think the thing I'd like about Ramon is that, I mean, and it's weird in a villain, I think especially for this show, he doesn't shut up. <laughs> and he keeps thinking, like, I mean, uh, it's one of these, the, like, the nature of the show does not lend itself to exposition. And Ramon just does all the critical thinking for the audience in, like, but he's so good at delivering it. It's just like... Oh yeah, you could do this, but oops, fuck you. <laughs> and he's just he's like kind of charming as this villain. Um, so Jack's just like shut up. And we cut to commercial at the seven forty nine. Come back at seven fifty four. Um, so we see the plane land. We see Hector and his men drive up in four cars. Hector gets out as the plane comes to a stop, and we come back to CTU. And uh, everyone looks up and stops as Tony and Michelle walk back in. And Tony's like, he walks up to Adam. He's like, hey. Where's Chappelle? And Adam's just like, he's with Gael. And Tony's like, no, stupid. Where is he? <laughs> Where? Location. Friend of the room number, asshole. Needs to go to a place. <laughs> um, and he directs him to the interrogation room, 820. And Tony Michelle, and Tony's wearing like a boss, like duster, <laughs> which doesn't look good on anybody, but looks good on Tony right now. Um, so Tony Michelle head over there. And Adam, like, is, for some reason, looks at Kim and goes, hey, what's going on? Kim's like, I don't fucking know <laughs> what I know. <laughs> and in the interrogation room, we see Agent Johnson preparing another syringe. And Chappelle is like, hey, guy, you got to talk. He actually says, talk to me, you son of a bitch. So drink for son of a mm. bitch. Um, and just as Johnson is about to inject uh, Guy again, Tony walks in and is like, hey, Johnson, get the fuck out of here. Um <laughs> 
And Chappelle's like, hey, what are you doing here? And Tony's like, get get him the fuck out of here. Also, and, get you the fuck out of here. Yeah, so Chappelle motions for Johnson to leave, and he's like, okay, I'm here. And Tony's like, oh, yeah, actually, you can also, you can also get, get the, the fuck, fuck out. out. Kick rocks, motherfucker. I'll see you later. And Chappelle's like, uh, what? <laughs> no, I'm not doing that. And, and it's weird that, like, so Chappelle says I'm not going anywhere because he's like, hey, Michelle, what are you, what are, what's going on? I'm not going anywhere. Sorry. Um, and Tony just kind of gets exasperated. We get a tiny clock at 7.56. I was really hoping that Tony would shoot him with a tranquilizer. Or, <laughs> or <laughs> I mean, chloroform him again. Give me that, or or just that take, like, take Johnson's thing and just like inject him in the neck. Like, Sorry, man. Just fuck you. Sorry, this is your once a season knockout. Yeah. You earned this one. You earned it. Um, oh, man. So, okay. So we get a tiny clock at 756. Uh, we see the plane has taxied to a uh, stop. The engine shut off. The stairs come down. Hector approaches the plane and shouts for Ramon. And then what do we see? What do we see? We see the girls. We see, we see, first we see the ominous stair drop, right? The stairs. Oh, yeah. Just come out of the plane. no one comes out for a second. Yeah, no, nobody comes out real fast. And then all of a sudden, the pilots come out, y'all. Pilots. <laughs> and then them ladies come out. With boobies Boobie falling so, around. So Jack let the pilots go first before the ladies? Come on, Jack. That's then, nice. Then two hedgemen roll out that jet. And they're running out, like, kind of panicked. And, like, no one has mm-hmm. guns, which is mm-hmm. first sign of trouble. And then it's Ramon and Jack. And Ramon, once again, is saying, hey, hey, shoot Jack, though? <laughs> shoot like, real fast. Just shoot this guy. Just shoot him. Immediately. Nobody, nobody shoots so- and everyone cocks their guns, like we hear guns cocking, and then Hector says, Jack, what are you doing? Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Clearly ready for Jack to be on the plane. And Jack says, your fucking brother tried to kill me on the plane. <laughs> What's up with all these guns? This is not what we had agreed to. Mm. Mm. Uh-oh. Mm. When did Jack have a chance to talk to Hector? We don't know. And Hector says, lower your weapons. And then he walks up to Jack as everyone drops their guns. It's like, I was worried because Gael said you weren't able to get on the plane. And Jack shoves Ramon forward and says, go talk to your brother. Mm-hmm. As he keeps his going, gun y'all. trained on Ramon. So Hector and Ramon hug. And Jack lowers his gun. And Ramon goes, what the fuck's happening? <laughs> and Hector says, I'll tell you in a second. And then Hector looks at Jack and what does he do? Gives him a big old hug. The, the hug game? Gives him a hug. Just so, welcome back, Jackie boy. So he says, good job, Jack. And did y'all see something? Hector throws his arms wide to give Jack a hug. Did any of y'all see what was on Hector's left forearm? No. Little tattoo. Same tattoo that Jackleton Ooh. Bauer has on his left forearm. What? The one that, by the way, Kiefer Sutherland got permanently. Because he was tired of makeup doing it every week. <laughs> Fuck, I did. I did. I missed that. Yeah, a little tat game. So, so Hector hug, embraces Jack, and Ramon's eyes go bug-eyed. <laughs> he is clearly not pleased. And Hector says, we got a lot of work to do. And they head back towards the car. And Ramon again asks what's going on. And Hector says, I'll explain in a minute. <laughs> and we get a split screen. We I see explain Ramon now, H- man. Not, yeah, well, no, get. Be, 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 be. I will say this, fam. It's funny because because Jack and Hector are in sync, but Claudia and Ramon are pissed off. Mm. So yeah, I we, I have questions to, for you 
vis-a-vis Claudia mm-hmm. in a second. Um, so we see in a split screen, Hector and Ramon are on their way to board, they get in their cars. David Palmer is discussing things with Wayne. Ted Packard packs a gun into his bag, again, not having moved. And Ann Packard is driving to see Ted. And we see um, Chase is boarding a, a derelict plane to head up to Mexico to rescue Jack. And then we cut back to Jack. He's walking towards the car. And we see him pull his sleeve down over his forearm, covering the tattoo of the Virgin of Guadalupe that he shares with Hector. Um, And he pushes a button on his watch to reset it and then kind of shakes his hand. And as he does that, we cut back to CTU. And Tony is still in the interrogation with Gael, Chappelle, and Michelle. And they hear a, a, a tone from Gael's PDA. And Gael looks up and just goes, he's in. And Chappelle's like, who's in? What are you talking about? <laughs> and Tony's like, Jack's in. We've been, me and Gael have been working with Jack undercover for months to reestablish his cover with the Salazars. That beeping signals that he's back in. And Chappelle's like, what? Why? Who the fuck? Tony, t- explain yourself. And Tony says, nah, can't do that. Gotta call the president right now. Ooh, and we okay. cut to commercial. So, 7.59, 59 seconds. What the fuck do you guys Double think? mole? What? Okay. I don't Chipotle mole. Mm. I don't I don't get Okay, so he says he's been working for months. So months. was Jack in on this plan to Jack has only, by the way, been back at CTU from undercover with the Salazars for seven months. Salazar has only been in prison three for months. three months. Right. But months. like okay. I have a I have a ton of questions. First of all, is Jack was in on this whole Cordilla virus situation. He must have been because he's in. Con- he's been in contact with Hector. Yeah, but so is Hector. It it appears as though Hector, Jack, Tony, and Gael run a little game. The thing is, so like Hector, you uh, think Hector's working is with it? them? No, I think oh. Hector. I think Hector thinks Jack is working with right. Him. But I think so. I think Jack probably was like coming back to Kyle Singer. It's like. You know what's going to happen? We got to send this thing. We can like pin it on this kid. We're going to waste a ton of CT resources on something that will never have the virus. Like, but we can make them think it does. But like, no. So Jack minimizes the risk to LA by setting up all of Kyle Singer's bullshit. And Hector's like, cool. We're going to waste time and money, all that. That we'll be getting. We'll get Ramon out. No, no matter what. I. So Kyle Singer was just this red herring that Jack cooked up to protect people, but Hector was went along with it. Okay, know, my second question is different though. I sorry, Hector Curtis, think, what's up? I think so. Hector making a, a tiny bit of a power play. Right? Yeah, he's he's trying to gain more power in the organization over Ramon, but he knows he needs Jack to do it. So he he, he kind of moves because Ramon is a he's a he's a firebrand. He's a guy who doesn't really control his emotions at all. And Hector's more more controlled. So he needs him moving out of the way for a couple months to get things in order, and he he knows Jack can do that, and so he he arranges for this thing to happen. But Jack's obviously working for his own ends, um, and I think that Hector thinks he's making a good move by getting Ramon out of the way for a while while he sets up. So you think Hector was okay with Ramon going to prison? Why would why wouldn't he be? His brother threw his own employee off a plane when he was drunk. Right, if you're a guy who who can handle business. You need to get gone for a bit to set things up. No, see, I'm properly. not. I'm not going with that plan. There's no way that that Hector's plan would involve his 
brother being extradited to the United States to go to federal prison so that Jack could break him out well, later. Here's, here's the thing. If your brother is that crazy, even if the plan with Jack doesn't work, what's the negative? He's gone forever? Cool. Whatever. Here's a question. Do you think the Salazars actually have the Cordilla virus? They got I think something. Hector they does, had yeah. all those bodies. Hector does. Well, they had bodies. They don't explicitly say the bodies are from the Cordilla virus. Were they maybe they just trying a bunch someone... of different shit and they were trying to find one that would look like it has the Cordilla virus? <laughs> maybe. And like, I mean, the body that was delivered to the CDC or whatever had the Cordilla virus. Correct. But there's nothing that necessarily says... I'm just, I'm just curious. Do you guys think... Because nothing right now really indicates that they have. So you think that because... Jack arranged to have somebody who had been tested with the Cordilla virus just be dropped off like it was a like it was a real thing. That's weird. That seems like a lot for Jack, but I don't know. But mean, that's the only way to point... protect it, because if somebody had the Cordilla virus, they were contagious for a certain amount of time, a couple hours. I have a real question for you guys. Separate from this, I think I think we're gonna get to the Cordilla virus and all that stuff. If you were a double mole, mm-hmm. like still on your countryside, how many torture injections would it take for you to be like, guys, fucking just ask somebody. Like, I'm cool, actually. Uh, I'm double agent. It's cool. I'm actually helping you guys. Because <laughs> I, I, I got to be honest, one. like, the second I got arrested, one, I would not pull a gun on guards and maybe get shot. I would just be like, yeah, sorry, guys, I fucked up. I was doing a thing. He's CIA, Jack told me though, to. man. He's did CIA for five years. He's He's probably pretending that it's hurting more than it really is. I think pain still still hurts. Jack I mean, stop his own heart. I mean, but here's Kush. Remember, I mean, <laughs> and, and John Oliver said this is the best. We had Navy SEALs mm-hmm. who were on the back of a carrier, aimed at aimed at four pirates, and shot them all at the same time. Headshots from multiple moving decks of different. Right. Yep. Left one guy alive for one captain from Boston. I, I, we have some badasses on our side who are like, I'll do whatever it takes to get this this shit done. So yeah, I think you know if Giles that guy who's like, hey, you need to be able to withstand torture to make sure that we get this done. He's that dude. I'm. Thank you for not referencing Tom Hanks. I know you wanted to. <laughs> the one of the greatest actors of all time, if not <laughs> yes, the one of the greatest. Same. Okay, so, so yeah. I have the big question. I think leading up in the next episodes, I need to know. What, Curtis, mm-hmm. what do you think of Claudia? Because clearly Hector, so Claudia does not want Jack Bauer back. Her and Hector have something going on. Um, I don't know if Claudia feels betrayed by Jack Bauer or something going on there. Um, and Hector just hasn't shared what's happening I, with her. I partly believe Claudia is still a mole. I don't know why. I don't know why. I want to believe it. Um, but she's She's a problem overall. Yeah, I mean, do you, you mean previously you thought she just wanted to rule the whole family? She does. I think she she wants okay. to use. I mean, if if she's not working for the U.S. government, she's going to use Ramon against Hector to kill each other so that she can be the boss. That's so fair. Okay, that's her. That's her next move because she didn't want Hector to take all the guys away from her her house at the time to go get Jack. So she still wants a little bit of that power. So. So okay. you still don't think, though, you still don't think that Jack that Jack and uh, Claud- Claudia have been fucking? There's a chance they just fuck randomly, because Jack be fucking. Jack fuck. 
Jack does. Jack, Jack fucks. fucks. <laughs> he does. He does fuck. I mean, he does. He just. He just fucks. He fucks moles. He fucks assets. I don't think he knows he's doing it. To be honest just, with you, at this point, Jack just fucks. So, all right, that could happen. But I think Claudia is on her own game. So, Curtis, what was the most surprising twist of this one for you? It it was surprising and sad for me. Okay, it was it was it was it was Gael. I didn't which which part. It was the end because I, I thought like they set up Gael as the mole this season. You're like obviously he's the mole, and uh, and I, there he is. I, I I want to say Tony, but since we've never liked Tony, even though he's the one guy who does his job this entire series, you're like, eh, Tony's a dick. I actually really I remember when I watched this one. I remember like they revealed the mole that early, and I loved that <laughs> it was just like they reverted it fairly quickly, like. And maybe there isn't a quote unquote mole mole in C2. There's got to be a mole mole in C2. There's always a mole. There's always money in the mole stand. (laughs) (laughs) It's got to have some mole. Is C2 like C2 without a mole? I don't think so. It's like Cindy Crawford without a mole. But so I think what I'm loving though is like that even like in season three, they're kind of the constant redirects of suspicions. Like, at this point, I think we know that nothing that happens in the first half of the season matters. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like, not, and so it's like, oh, we got the mole. Like, shit, we know who it is. We're doing it. The, and then, like, five hours later, we're like, or, I mean, I think we found out that Gael was the mole in episode yeah, two. It was, it was fast. So it was just like super quick. And it's like, okay, now oh, double mole. He's a double agent. But, like, there's definitely the grander conspiracy of season three that will break out at some point, probably in the next five episodes. I wouldn't say that nothing in the first half of the season matters. I would say that they've done an excellent job of obscuring the stuff that really matters with a lot of bullshit that doesn't. And I think it mirrors very well what kind of how CTU operates. They just like get they get one thing and they go fucking full hog towards it. Until they're like, oh shit, that's not the thing. Then they just go make a right turn, just like never even stop to fucking have a thought about what might be going on. I mean, they, lie, they got me. So I was like, oh, brown dude's gonna go ahead and rip it. Oh, he's a, he's a double, fuck, he's a double mole. Which is great, Good but job. I also think it's like, it leaves a lot of room for it in like, I'm gonna say the last six episodes of the season, I'm gonna guess that like, the full conspiracy will reveal its mole in CTU, and it's probably just like Gael. Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> it's Gael again. Ah, I got ah, the old triple double cross mole. Didn't see it coming. Yeah, well, Curtis. Sorry, go ahead. No, I said you didn't see it coming. Never saw it coming. Do you have any any predictions for uh, our eight? Any Anything big? Because I guarantee they're all wrong, but I want to hear what you guys I'm, I'm scared about our eight. I feel like if, here's the thing. So this is the first episode that I looked at Michelle and said, "Hey, she looks good." I'm I'm afraid Michelle will get hotter, and I'll be like, "Oh, I'm more mole. She's all mole now." <laughs> this is this is that's how it works. Because it was the same with Nina. I was like, "Oh, hey, Nina, what's going? Oh, you're yeah, but, you're a fucking agent. You're a mole." But Jack and Michelle didn't have sex, so she can't be the mole. Uh. I, I think, or is see, Tony see, the one who I don't has trust sex him, with the moles? Right, exactly. Because mm. Tony, Tony fucked a mole too. That's true. Tony fucked. He was in love with a mole. Tony was in love with yeah. a mole. Jack, Jack just fucked. Also, <laughs> I, I, I want to see, I want to see Ramon's next level. Because like I, I know what like to feel that that rage of like, hey, 
I need to give you these hands. And Ramon's now like, wait a minute, I, I, I offered these hands, but are you saying he's on my, my, so I shouldn't give these uh, hands? <laughs> but Hector, I, I, these hands are here. I need to give them to somebody. And I want to say that that kind of between the brothers, I, I need to understand. So we, well, apparently all it takes for Ramon to get to the next level is a little bit more booze than yeah, he had. I mean, we, we, we all have bros and they all lead to fighting. And I just, I want to see what happens because, because brothers lead you to just be like, Hey, and here's the thing. I'm going to say, if you can get drunk enough off champagne in an hour <laughs> flight to throw a man off of a <laughs> fucking plane, you got real mm-hmm. problems. Like, like you are barely masking your rage problems. You should probably talk to a therapist. Ramon Salazar. Um, well, fellas, I think that's going to do it for us this week on Longest Days of Our Lives. Um, unless anyone has any any final thoughts that we really want to get in this one. Oh, I, I'm, I'm very curious I say I don't like I said I don't remember the the middles of these seasons. I can I say this next week's episode. I want to say next week's the next episode that we will get to in <laughs> sometime. Twenty twenty two. Hopefully two weeks, less than two weeks, is going to fucking just blow your guys' dicks into the dirt. <laughs> it is so good it's gonna be everything curtis hates and loves about this all show. right i can't wait so I'll, it's I'll amazing so the movie i watched tonight was two guns with denzel and marky mark denzel's in the next um, one the beginning of the movie has to the do next with, episode no don't it's, he's not so the beginning, the beginning of, of said movie My man, Jack. um involves two two My bank man. robbers who are mm-hmm. gonna work together to rob a bank in arizona and they are both guns. And they discover yes. they discover, big, big guns they discover that however that one of them is a DEA agent, one of them is a sheriff. So hmm. they are revealed as moles together. So it's it's kind of an exciting twist for this show what we have here. So I hmm. I am I am horny about hmm. our next episode, fam. Uh it's I kind of wish you had saved that movie for next next episode. <laughs> it actually would have been. Oh, I can watch it again, y'all. Actually, watch it. It doesn't really line up to your movie themes, but Casino Royale might have a mm. touch on. Yeah. Mm. All right, well, fellers, mm. thanks for joining me. Um, everyone, if you've liked this episode, hey, we're back. First of all, I don't think we really addressed <laughs> the fact that we we did talk about that we weren't on the air for ever. Um, but we're gonna try to get back into a little more regular cadence again. Um, you can find out more information about this show at goodbuddymedia.com. You can also find it information about our sister show trends in low places in which michael and i and occasionally curtis uh talk about dumb internet stories that one is on a pretty pretty regular cadence um we've gotten pretty loosey-goosey with our recording schedule but we put one out pretty much every week um and if you like this show you almost certainly like that one gosh nature finds a way i wish gold jeff goldman would record an episode for (laughs) us question did you boys discuss the chicken wars not yet. We did not. Mm, we never, that's we this know. week, buddy. Mm, real good. Did we? T- well, actually, Michael, that's a. Oh, yeah. I guess we're recording. Curtis, you want to join tomorrow for Chicken Wars? I might. I might. Yeah. Let's we'll chat Chicken Wars. We need to. Let's chat some. Let's chat Chicken. Um, yeah. So um, you can find more information about that show um, on goodbuddymedia.com. If you want to have us read a message to a fan or just share some thoughts about the hit show 24 or Jack Bauer and all this good stuff, um, you can shoot us an email at goodbuddymedia at gmail.com. We read everything we get. We love to hear from you. So, um, yeah, please shoot us a message. And, Curtis, how else can people help us out? 
folks, if you want to help us, go ahead and subscribe to our podcast on your app of choice. That'd be Podbean, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify. However you subscribe to your podcasts, go ahead and subscribe to us and leave us a comment or review. That's how we move up the old charts and become a podcast juggernaut. And eventually, eventually, score our golden advertisement from Scotch. <laughs> anyway, Michael, how can the folks help us out on the old social medias? You can find us on uh, Twitter and Facebook at LDuelCast, L-D-O-O-L-Cast, or by searching for Longest Days of Our Lives. And when you do, please uh, follow us on Facebook and Twitter, and um, you know you can you can post messages to us there. You can uh, if if you don't feel like emailing, you know if you're on the social medias, um, probably not on Facebook though because we just never get those messages. So like Twitter, Twitter's great. We're on that all the time, constantly. That the hellscape that is Twitter. It is good every once in a while though. It really is. Lately, we had some bangers on Twitter. Some lately. bangers. We had some feral hogs. We we got the like you said the chicken wars. We had uh, Macaulay Culkin and Sir Mixalot exchanging some tweets. Yeah. Just getting up in it about. Also, no, it's we, just, we are native Floridians, so all them Florida mans. Bring them so on. many Florida mans. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so uh, find us there and 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 uh, and follow us. Yeah. Uh, Guys, I'm so excited for next week's episode. <laughs> I can't. I it's gonna be so good. I can't even. I can't even get started. I want it. I want it so bad. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we're gonna get back on, on schedule. Schedule, if you schedule. will. Schedule. Uh, well, fellas, it's been lovely talking with you, but I think we're running out of time. Toodles. <laughs> Toodles.